Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Push to Shout. I'm Brew Talking Powder. And I'm Skippy Sigmatic. And we're going to talk about some video games and some other stuff that interests us. Now, usually we like to start this off by talking about whatever we did this past week, so what have you been up to, Skippy? Well, I've been up to quite a bit as far as games go. Or I don't know. There's There's been one big game that has been kind of released, at least released on the PC this week. Um, and that is the much-anticipated Ground Zeroes, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. Um, I was pretty excited for it. I was intentionally holding off uh, until it came out on PC to play it. Uh, I, I wasn't even watching any gameplay video of it. The only gameplay video I saw was of like the extra maps that were exclusive for the consoles. Um, so I played it for the first time this week, and I was pretty pleased with it. I had fun. Um, there was actually a, I I launched it and it recommended like all high settings for me and um, I, which not ultra high but just high which is the second to highest and uh, and I was like whatever that sounds fine and and I played it and it looked fine on the main mission where it's rainy and dark and then uh, I launched a mission that was that took place during the daytime. And not only did the game look like shit, but it ran like shit. Like, the frame rate was terrible. And I was going, what the fuck? This is... Like, I heard that it was well-optimized, and I, I was really disappointed. But it was really late at night, so I just shut it off. And I said, fuck it, I'll, I'll try it in the morning. Did and you I, do that? Uh, Mine yeah. didn't do that. Yeah, I don't know why it did it. But but then the next day, I, I ran the NVIDIA GeForce Experience thing. Where it, like... <laughs> automatically detects the settings it should have and it just recommended everything to the the max and so i was like whatever fuck it and i put everything on the highest and um and then i played that same mission during the daytime and it ran perfectly like super smooth and it looks fantastic i, I so i have no idea what was causing the 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 low frame rate but uh so i'm i'm, I'm pleased that it's working it, it it seems very well optimized especially for how well how good it, it looks but uh it also plays pretty well um i was a little <laughs> I don't want to say I was disappointed, but like I, one of the things, one of the big things that I've heard about this game is that the controls were so much better. Like, wow, they they finally gotten the controls down in a way that like you're not gonna be fumbling with the controls constantly. But I found that to not be the case at all. Like, I was having the same amount of trouble with the controls and Ground Zeroes that I have in like every other Metal Gear Solid game, which isn't a terrible thing. Like, I who cares? Like, really? Because in the end, they're not that hard. Like they're not super hard games or anything. But like, there were moments where I would ruin a mission just because <laughs> I I was trying to do something that it didn't think I was trying to do, and my guy just pops out in front of someone or something like that, and that that was really annoying. But uh, but in the end, like, who gives a shit? It's Metal Gear Solid, and and and, and I was actually pleased. Like, they, I know I knew that they had done a lot to, I guess, casualize the game. Uh, specifically, uh, one of the big things when they first released gameplay footage was the slowing down time when you're spotted mm -hmm. and allowing you to like shoot the guy in the head, which I think it only does that on like normal mode. Like hard mode well, takes away everything that anyone ever thought was casual. But yeah, you can you can uh, turn it off on any mode for a bonus yeah. to your score. Okay, um, but even when it's on, I found that it's so easy to be spotted because because the the guards no longer patrol on set paths. And 
the levels are so open that you can be spotted from pretty much any direction most of the time. Like, there's no way that you can keep an eye on your surroundings the whole time. Like, there's going to be a lot of instances where you're spotted and 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 there was no way you could have known. Like, um, so I didn't actually mind it that much. I felt like the 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 easy features they added made up for the the ways in which it was a little bit harder. And I've only played it on normal. I haven't even tried to play it on hard. I'm looking forward to kind of going through and actually, like I was playing it in such a way that I just wanted to experiment with everything you could do and, and mm-hmm. just kind of get a hang of it. And now I want to actually like get good grades on the, on the <laughs> missions and stuff, which I, I haven't made like above a B on any of them because I always get spotted and shit. But uh, usually it ends up just me killing everyone, which luckily is pretty fun. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to Phantom Pain. Like this, this has totally got me excited for that. And there's there's a rumor that the Phantom Pain is going to come out in early 2015 because it was like listed on the Microsoft Store as being coming out in March or something like that. But I don't I don't believe it. I think it's going to be late 2015, mid at the mid at the earliest. But yeah, they came out and officially debunked that. Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I, good that they're it's not going to be rushed because that seemed like too early. And it is your week, yeah. but I'm going to jump in here and talk about Ground Zeroes too, since we're on the topic. Um, I, if you have been watching before, listening before, you know I own a PS4, and you know I regret it a lot. But the good thing about it, the best part about it, was being able to play Ground Zeroes back in March. And I've been waiting for like basically everybody I know to be able to play it too, so I have people to talk about it with. And it's just amazing. Even like the online discussions about it are just so much more like it's weird. They're so much more enthusiastic. There was a lot more hate for the game when it came out, and that was probably due to the price. Like it was forty dollars on launch. Like that's ridiculous. Forty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I was me. so against it in principle. Like I was like this. Like I was not a Metal Gear Solid fan when it when it was first announced, or even when it came out. Like I had no idea what Metal Gear Solid even was. All I knew was there was a guy in it who shot bees out of his arm, and I knew like nothing else. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I I was like, this is fucking stupid, and everyone's stupid for being excited for it. And now <laughs> I've just totally flipped sides. I feel like I feel like such a fucking hypocrite. I mean, I am. <laughs> so yeah. Um. I've I've like played the hell out of Ground Zeroes um, on PS4. I did everything like S ranked everything, hundred percent and everything. Found all the little tapes and secrets, and I couldn't disagree with you more about the controls. I think they're just way way better. And I, I it was tough to get used to at first. I will admit that. I think but that's a lot of it. I, I haven't gotten used to them, so they they feel. Like they, I feel like I'm fighting against them less often for sure. Like I don't feel like I'm sticking to stuff that I don't want to. I feel like Snake moves faster when I like put the input on my controller. That it's just way more responsive and versatile overall. It does suck that you can't wall knock, but and there's a lot of stuff that you can't do in Ground Zeroes that you can do in other Metal Gears. But they're bringing most of that back for the Phantom Pain. So yeah, I really like that game. It's hard for me to like. I've played probably like 25 hours of it or so and it's I love it on PC like it looks amazing the difference is huge but going back to play the same stuff again like I've been there done that so it's it's hard to get as excited but the renewed discussion online is certainly certainly good it, it's it's night and day like every every discussion I saw about it was like wow look at this piece of shit when it when it first came out and now people are like wow look that's awesome and just watching people discover all the little uh, like hidden tapes and the thanks Fox engine it's all so good it's all good <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I I think uh with this in particular it was like a the the a classic case of like don't knock it till you try it. So like you see gameplay footage of it and you're just like, "Oh my god, it, this this looks like not at all like Metal Gear and 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 not what I want from a Metal Gear game and too easy or whatever." But then you play it and it's like, "No, no, no. This is actually just it's it is very different from any Metal Gear Solid game in the past, but it's different in pretty much all the right ways. Like I, I don't really have any complaints. Like like I said, I, I'm struggling with the controls, but no more than I struggled with the controls in the in the previous games. I, those never really bothered me either. So I, yeah, at least you can crouch walk. <laughs> oh God, yes, that's it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I, I, I'm looking forward to playing more of it, but. Most of all, I'm just looking forward to actually finally playing Phantom Pain because, like I've said over and over, I, I can't stop watching those trailers and stuff. Like, I'm just so excited for that game. Every one of those songs is stuck in my head permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that was a lot of fun. I, I, I also streamed it, and I feel kind of bad when I stream it. I like, I, when I'm streaming, I turn into DSP a little bit. Like, everyone jokes <laughs> about it, but in some ways, it's totally true. Like, I was I, watching, I, I and totally... I called you that, because, <laughs> Jesus, dude, that was some dumb mistakes. You're, you're not the first to call me that, because, like, when I'm streaming, I, I shouldn't do this, because people don't care. But in my mind, I feel like, oh, my God, I have to get through this, or people are going to get bored. And, like, <laughs> I, I'm too aware of the fact that I'm streaming for an audience. And so I try to rush through it. And when I try to rush through it, I don't think about what I'm doing at all. And mm -hmm. so stuff that, that wouldn't normally – that I wouldn't normally get held up on, like, I really – like. I, I'm trying to rush through it, therefore it takes ten times longer than it otherwise would. And and I also like complain a lot more about the game than I otherwise would. Like I think I sound I probably sound like I'm disliking the game even though I'm enjoying it just because I I, I voice all of my negative opinions right there, but but still, I think it's fun. People seem to enjoy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and most people get to well, I mean, even you do most of the time, but when you are first learning the controls for a game and learning how it works, most of the time it's not for an audience. You get to privately uh, experience that shame, and and then if you usually stream it later or something. But you were like streaming it like a couple hours after you got it, right? Or did you right. just start streaming I, immediately? I started streaming it right when I launched it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I went in totally blind. That's another thing that drives me crazy. Is okay. Yeah, a lot of times I'm totally to blame for the stupid shit that I'm doing, but a lot of the time. These are people who have played this game for like 20 hours and they're going in there being like, you're a fucking idiot. It's right over there. Da, da, da. And it's like, fuck you, man. I just started playing. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Um, people people are really quick to judge in retrospect. Like, where were you when, when you were playing this for the first time? But uh, I don't know. It's all fun. Like, I, I, I'm having fun with the game. I really don't have any major complaints about it, honestly. I, I even like Kiefer Sutherland. I think he's fine. Um, I I don't know. There's there's nothing I don't like, honestly. Um, so, good for it. Uh, moving on. Um, I another game. The only other game that I played this week is one that I've owned for a while, and actually I played it like a few years ago. Um, it's Uplink. Have you ever played Uplink? I saw Matthew Matosis's video about it, so I feel like I played Uplink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he... no, I haven't played it. I heard it's good though. He made a pretty good analysis of it. I, I saw his video, and that's what prompted me to actually uh, to install it again because I felt like I didn't give it a, a good enough shot. Because the first time I played Uplink, and I'm starting to get this feeling again, unfortunately, but the first time I played Uplink, I, I got maybe an hour in, and I started saying, like, I'm basically just doing work, 
and not being paid for it. Like, <laughs> it, I, it just feels like I'm going to work and sitting down at the computer and doing work. Um, to be fair, it's it's there's a challenge to it that that I think most people's jobs might not have, but but it's still like it feels very much like work in the same way that like Eve Online, which is another game that I love. I love Eve Online in concept, and it's just a it's a really cool game. I'm glad it exists, but but when I played it, I felt like okay, I'm spending all this time trying to make money in this game, and I feel like I'm just working and i don't have the time to really dedicate or i don't want to dedicate the time that that needs to be dedicated to this game to actually like play it to its fullest extent so uh, uplink doesn't require a large dedication of time but it does it does feel very much like work but i I also think that's part of the point like i really liked uh papers please but papers please is is work like you're sitting there like organizing fucking passports and shit on a desk and cross-referencing them and it's it sounds like the most boring thing in the world, but when you actually play it, like you start to realize, okay, this is actually there's something here. But uh, Uplink's a really cool game in theory. If you haven't heard of it, it's like you're uh, you're you sign up for this hacking service that like gives you programs and gives you a uh, a VPN computer that that you connect to to hack on to the rest of the world and like you slowly build up your hacking skills and start hacking into higher and higher security things like the social security network and all that stuff and changing data around and stealing files and all that kind of stuff. And so it, it's, it's really neat. Uh, but I, I'm going to play more of it, but it does it. Like I, I, I just, I feel like I'm not playing a video game when I'm playing it, but, uh, but it's, it's a, it's a neat game. Like if you haven't heard of it, check out Matthew Matosis's video because it does a pretty good job of like just explaining why the game is, is a cool idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I played a little bit of that. I plan to play a little more of it. It's, it's a cool game to play, like listening to like deus ex music and shit like that like you feel like you're a fucking hacker like it like they even like add the little sound effect of like the the mouse clicking and stuff like it's the game was i think made like a pretty long time ago like around year 2000 like early 2000s maybe even late 90s um but it keeps that aesthetic like i i don't know it's it's neat 2001 Um, yeah yeah so it it has that aesthetic of an old uh but even for a 2001 game, I think it was purposefully going a little bit farther back than that even. Because like when you when you connect to a, an IP address, it does like a little dial tone thing where it's That's like... Awesome. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so like I I really like that shit. Like I love the... I, like just recently I started getting into the... Uh, just getting into the idea of like 90s uh, computer technology, especially like internet and, and information exchange and stuff. And like the like the concept of getting information across in in actual audio tones and stuff which is like basically what fax machines do like if you call a fax machine you hear it go like like screaming in your ear and what it's actually doing is trying to send you data and i think that's like really cool um so i don't know it, it kind of appeals to me in a really weird way but uh i don't know it's 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 neat but i can't exactly recommend it to to everyone um those are the only games i've played i I put three games on here that I think are worth mentioning, but I, uh, two of them are kind of news, and one of them is just this thing that I've been watching. Um, the first one is Elite Dangerous. Uh, have you have you read anything about Elite Dangerous? No idea or seen what it anything is. about it. It's a uh, it's a space sim uh, along the lines of like it's like a less ambitious Star Citizen, basically. <laughs> um, it 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 
but it was a Kickstarter, and that alone makes me kind of cautious of it because it officially, basically this week it officially entered version 1.0, which whenever I hear a game has finally released its version 1.0, I feel like, okay, this is an unfinished game, and they've just arbitrarily said, okay, this is version 1.0, which which makes me really cautious of it. But uh, it 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 looks really cool, and it looks like what I want out of a space sim, which is you know, docking with things and actually having to like pilot the fucking ship instead of just clicking a thing and having it automatically do it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I still might buy it, but I've heard that it's kind of lacking in features right now. Uh, but I, I'm getting a, uh, for Christmas, I'm going to get myself a <laughs> joystick, a, a flight stick with like a throttle control and all that stuff. Like it's a pretty cheap one, but still I need one. Um, and so I think that might be a cool game to try out with that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it it looks neat, but I don't know. I, in the meantime, I've downloaded uh, one of the X3 games, which is another space sim that's quite a bit older um, that I never really gave a fair shot, and I, I want to try it out again. Um, anyway, uh, the other game that I, I saw some gameplay. I, I don't have the ability to play this game, and I don't, I don't think I would want to play this game regardless. But Halo 5, the beta... Uh, or the closed beta, or the closed alpha, or something, started this week, and so there's oh some boy. people playing it, and uh, and it's it's the footage is open to everyone, like they're not trying to to control it or anything. So you can look up Halo Five gameplay right now, just the multiplayer, and uh, uh, that bad? I, no, no, not that bad, but. It, here's the thing. Halo 4 already kind of ruined Halo multiplayer for me, at least. Uh, we've talked about it short, like a little bit before, where like they've added sprinting, which is completely unnecessary, um, kill streak rewards, just like Call of Duty, and I mean just like Call of Duty, and um, randomizing the weapon drops on the map and stuff that that really just kind of takes away from the core of what makes Halo good, actually. Uh, and so Halo 5 continues all of that, as far as I know. Uh, it seems to continue that. Or if it doesn't continue that, then it replaces it with something equally as obnoxious, like aiming down the sights. But here's the thing. Aiming down the sights isn't like aiming down the sights in Call of Duty. Like As far as I know, it doesn't even slow you down at all. Um, and it actually, like, there are some neat things they did with it. Like, if you jump and aim down the sights, then you hover like with your jetpacks a little bit, like you kind of hover, you, you slowly that's descend cool. when you're aiming down the sides. And I think that's a really neat idea. Like that, that was, that was cool. And they added a little, like they added like a boost where you can boost to the left and boost to the right and stuff like that, which all first person shooters are going to do that now, um, which is fine. Cause I think that's, that's cool. It just adds a little more skill and strategy, but, uh, but in return, I think they've kind of slowed down the movement speed and they still have sprinting. So whatever, uh, but the most obnoxious part of it, and I did not expect this, and I didn't know that this was going to be in it at all, but uh, the most obnoxious part of it to me was that they added, Call of Duty and Battlefield already do this, they added voices to the multiplayer characters that kind of, not randomly, but contextually say things and call out to each other, which in the context of Call of Duty and Battlefield, because they're kind of trying to simulate a real-world battle that's fine, but in Halo, I never felt like I was actually in a battle. Like you're, you're colored red and blue, and you're in a little arena throwing grenades at each other and stuff. Like that's weird. That's that's very much like 
it's just a game. And so when the people in the thing are actually like yelling out to each other in the game, it feels really off-putting. It gross. doesn't really make any sense. It's weird. Um, you should you should you should look it up. It's just weird. Like they've done a really good job with it, honestly. Like it's contextual in the way that like like I, as far as I know, I, I've never seen a game be this in depth about what the people say in game. But like they'll actually like call out where on the map enemies are and stuff. Like they'll be like, "Oh, he's in heaven or behind the box or whatever." Like to to use Counter Strike terms, but like they'll they'll do stuff like that, which. I I don't think that'll be very helpful in an actual game, but like it is impressive that they've done that. But it doesn't it doesn't work in a Halo game. And then the winning team, it plays a little cutscene, and it does this before the game too. But the winning team gets a little cutscene where all four of them kind of like look at the camera and like cross their arms and like swag their shoulders and like high five each other and shit. It it looks so dumb. Like I, I can't even express. And like, it doesn't look like it's ironic in any way. Like they play it completely straight. Destiny, Destiny did something like that, but it was way better. It was really good, actually. It's uh, because you can customize your characters in that game. That's part of the point. And when you go into the multiplayer like arena once you get into the map it's like a a one second thing it says what team you're on and then everybody spawns in and one of them is holding a flag that's their team's flag and they just slam it into the ground and everybody's just like posing and not like silly poses just you know cool poses that are actually cool looking and that lasts like one second but you can see your character with all the custom gear and everything you can see everybody else's characters and it, it feels like there's a point to it because you get to see what other people are are wearing and what classes they are that can, that's a valuable piece of information communicated like it, it has more than one purpose tells you your team very clearly no confusion tells you who's on your team very clearly what classes they have it's not like super useful it's not the greatest thing in the world but they did it well i mean bungie is so good the 343 can't really like live up to that yeah and the thing is like 343 on the technical side of things are and like honestly incredible i think they're one of the best developers as far as uh graphics and audio and even like the feel of the gameplay they do a really good job but they 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 completely miss the mark when it comes to the core aspects of what makes the game unique and and interesting and fun, they they just I think they they just don't understand it. And I, I say that, but they're but Halo Five will probably be plenty successful. <laughs> but like the sound design, it sounds great. Like the weapons sound way better than any of the the weapons sounded in the original trilogy. And like graphically, it looks fantastic. It runs at sixty frames, I think. And and I, good for them. But but damn, stop fucking up the the core shit that, that that makes halo halo like stop turning it into call of duty or whatever like there's just no need for that and 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 the, and, the, and the ironic thing is that call of duty is trying to get farther and farther away from that like call of duty has added the quake style dodges and and sprints and stuff like that 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 make it more like an arena shooter than it used to be and yet halo is trying to move away from being an arena shooter almost and 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 i just feel like everyone's losing their grasp on on what makes their games unique and and interesting and it's it's sad but whatever halo's already like this sounds over dramatic but halo really is already dead to me like I, i it ended at at three i didn't really like reach all that much even I'm I'm fine with the trilogy being what it is, and I can ignore all the halos that come out from now on. Pretty much, like I, I, 
whatever. Um, someone messaged me on Twitter and said, like, yeah, the only thing I like Halo for anymore is the lore. And I thought that that was one of the worst things that 343 has done to the series. But we've already talked about that. So I'll, I'll move on from that. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Other than that, let's see. I, I've, I've had both of my family's Christmases. I, I actually just got back from my Christmas dinner. Um, and I've had a lot of wine, so I apologize if I'm acting <laughs> a little tipsy. But um, uh, yeah, not much to say there. I, I haven't gotten anything video game related. or anything. I did give my... Um, I gave my sister and her brother-in-law, her brother-in-law, her husband, my brother-in-law. Um, I, I he is a drummer, um, and or at least he used to play the drums. And I was thinking of a gift to get them, and I couldn't think of anything. I mean, I, I struggled for years just to to give them something because they've got everything. Like they had all their wedding gifts and everything like that. So like, there's I couldn't figure out what to get them. And then I thought like, okay. What's something video game related that they'll never have even heard of that would be kind of a cool gift to give someone who's not that into video games? And they have a Wii. So I gave them Rhythm Heaven Fever. Oh, yes. Yeah. That is magical. That's a magical <laughs> yeah. game. It's one of my favorite games was, ever. I, I was pretty proud of myself for that one because, like, it's a really good game for people who don't know how to play games or anything because, like, it's very simple. And it's also, like, it goes along with him being a drummer and everything. Like, he's into the rhythm and stuff. And, and I, I just think they'll they'll enjoy that and I'll probably go over there and, 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 and play that with them too, because it's, it's, it's a, it's a neat game that, that I think anyone can enjoy. So I was pretty proud of myself for that one. Um, that's the only video game related thing that, that, that happened. I, I I'm going to get myself that joystick, but I, I, I have to figure out where I'm going to buy it from. Uh, other than that. Okay. Yeah. I was, I, I don't know why I started doing this. <laughs> I was really bored one night, I guess. And I, I, I just stumbled across, I, I, I'm, a pretty regular follower of giant bomb stuff. They're, they're one of the only gaming websites that actually like, I don't know that actually just focuses on games and doesn't too, too much like drama shit and all that stuff. They just kind of play games and enjoy them. And I like that about them. And, uh, they, uh, they, this was a while ago that they did this. I don't know how long ago, but they did a persona four playthrough and, I've always like heard about Persona Four game, Persona Persona games in general, like in passing, but I did I don't even know what they are or anything. And so I've been watching this playthrough of, play, of Persona Four. That is a weird game. Uh, I don't know. I don't have that much to say about it, and I haven't been playing it personally. But I thought I'd mention it because that is just. Have you ever played a Persona? Game? I haven't, but uh, Persona Five is coming out on PS4 soon, and being starved for any games on PS4, I'll probably play it so yeah um they look fine i guess i don't know there's a lot of just dialogue like a lot of just people talking to each other and and it it can get really repetitive too like they'll talk to each other they'll there'll be a conversation and then after the conversation the game will tell you what the conversation was about and you'll just have to click through this (laughs) this conversation (laughs) and then this explanation of the conversation that that recaps it right away and i think it's all like because it was made for uh, mobile, a mobile platform, at least I think it was, um, I think that it goes out of its way to like remind you, hey, here's what's happened recently, because they expect people to be picking it up and playing it in very short <laughs> amounts of time. So they're like constantly, constantly reminding you of like, hey, 10 minutes ago, this happened, by the way. Do you remember that? And, and it can get really jarring because like a character will be like talking about something at school this day like oh did you hear about the murder like there was a murder and it was crazy and then that afternoon like a few hours later in game 
they say it again and they'll be like, oh, by the way, there was a murder. And it's like, yeah, you were just talking to me about it like three hours ago and like two minutes ago in game time. Like, I, it, it's it's bizarre, but it's kind of charming. And I, I don't know. I don't think those are my kinds of games, but it, 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 it's kind of funny watching people play through them. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's that's it for my week, I think. So take it away. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, we already talked about Ground Zero's PC. Not much more to say about that. Um, Christmas is happening, too. My family flew up from Texas because most of my family lives out here in the east. But my immediate family lives out there. So it's, you know, it's all cool. And my brother brought his Wii U. And I've been playing a ton of Smash Brothers for Wii U. It's the first time I've really been able to play on the Wii U version. And oh my god, it's so good. I've never had this much fun playing Smash Brothers before. It's just the greatest. Like, it's the by far the most gameplay perfected Smash Brothers ever. Fuck Melee. That's It's not that it's too fast, but everything falls too quickly. And it just, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily feel too fast, but... It just feels kind of stiff and fast, which isn't good. This feels smoother and fast. It's good. It's a really good game. I'm going to play a lot more of it, I can tell. Um, I've been playing some more Dark Souls 1 for PC. Uh, that was recently moved over to Steamworks. We talked about it last week. But, um, yeah, it's it's not like, you know, nothing really new to report there. Just been playing more of it. I've still not been getting many like matches in areas other than the classic, you know, Ulaseal township and everything. Um, the, you know, your standard PVP hotspots, most of it, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just not enough people doing it because the way to move over, it's an opt-in process that you have to do. You have to launch the game, then turn on a beta and then launch it again. Yeah. So you have to, be, you have to be aware of this to even be able to switch over to the steam servers. It was, and, yeah. It was the only time I'd ever seen Steam. Like it prompted me with like you know how like it, it pops up with the news every time you launch. Yeah, Steam? it's like action required and being yeah, read, I've never everything. seen that before. It was like you have to do something to use this game, and I was like, what? Like that was yeah. that was kind of bizarre. Like it makes sense because they want to keep your um, character saves and they want to keep your uh, whatever's your what's it called achievements and so they need you to log in to games for windows live because they can't just pull that automatically so i like i get why they did it but it's still i think maybe a first for steam this kind of transition where you do it this way maybe it's not maybe i maybe i don't know what i'm talking about but you know i i wish that more people were playing it so if you're not already playing it why don't you hop on the servers uh let's see i finished welcome to the nhk i've talked about that before but um, it's basically, it's an anime about a, a neat, a hikikomori, somebody who's just a shut-in, no job, no education, no nothing, and is just living off of his parents' income, and he's pathetic, and he's a shut-in, losing touch with reality. It's a great show. It's a really touching story. That ending was phenomenal. It was fantastic. That was a great show, and I think everybody should watch it. Or... I don't know. It's it's a slower show. It's a slow burn, but it's a perfect atmosphere. Really awesome atmosphere. The music is on point the whole time. They got like an American band to play it. From That's what I heard. I don't know specifically who did it or even if that's true, but that's what I've heard. But it's, it's really good. It's 
top notch through and through. And then I, this, I guess isn't really something that happened to me, but, um, I really like a YouTube guy named Mr. B-Tongue, and I've talked about him in a video I did a while back called Separating Gameplay from Art, and I, I really think he's the best um, guy on YouTube right now who talks about video games seriously, or puts in that analytical effort. He's the best at it, I think. And he released a video today called, um, called Tasteful Understated Nerd Rage, that's the series that he does, Potpourri. And the premise of it is to like address three different or multiple different things that don't really warrant their own full videos. Just go through them quickly. And uh, in this one, it's the first entry in the series, I guess, he talked about dialogue wheels in RPGs. He talked about the merits of um, not voice acting, like it lets you do more story-wise. You can write more dialogue. You can, you know, you can do more with your story if you don't have to voice act all of it. But then in the middle, his his other little blurb that he was just throwing out there was his opinion about Gamergate. And this is the only video of his, I think, that has even close to a negative reception at all. But right now it's sitting at like 905 likes, 680 dislikes or something, which for him is terrible. And to be fair, it was a terrible part. And we've talked plenty about Gamergate before, and I don't really want to talk about it anymore. But um, I guess what he said was that it's all bullshit and that every claim was either demonstrably false, proven trivial, or something like that. It was like a real quick dismissal of everything, and I got the point of what he was doing there. Like, he was trying to say, I don't support Gamergate, because some people said that he did support it on image boards and stuff, and he doesn't. So I understand wanting to come out and say that he doesn't support it. And even if he wants to say that he thinks that it's all bullshit, but what he did was in like this real quick, like two minute segment, he says nothing specific. He's just like, it's all shit, which is so unlike him. It'd be like Matthew Matosis doing it. This is the kind of highbrow analytical critic that you're working with. So for yeah. him to do it, it's really strange. And um, I, like, I don't know. It was really off-putting. I'm not going to unsubscribe from him because I doubt he's ever going to talk about Gamergate again. But it was just evident that he didn't really care enough about it to crystallize a proper opinion with any effort put into it. And um, I don't know. Like, he gave all these preemptive rebuttals in the video, too. Like, um, saying, you know, I know you're going to call me a shill and uh, or whatever you think of me, whether I'm blacklisted by SJWs. It's just, I don't know. It's this weird attitude, too. Yeah, I don't know. A thing that pisses me off about the Gamergate stuff is, like, obviously both sides piss me off a, a lot. And, and But one, one thing that pisses me off regardless is people who make an opinion on it. Then this, this applies for anything, but with Gamergate, it's, it's especially prevalent because everyone has to give their little input about it. And, and so, much, so often that opinion is basically just like, I've done a minimal amount of research and this this is exactly what is happening from my point of view and therefore it is either shit or obviously I support everything that Gamergate is doing and it's like dude like it's yeah. very it's it's complicated <laughs> what he what he said was that he like read everything that he was he said and he made it seem it was hard to tell anything specific cuz again he didn't get into anything specific and it was like a 1 minute segment or something like it was super short but he seemed to suggest that he did a ton of research and ton of reading about it 
I don't know. It was weird. So this is the response that I put on the video, and I feel like this is a better encapsulation of my thoughts about this than most things, so I'm just going to read it off. So I said, B-Tongue, baby, you're a smart guy. You should have seen this coming. If you're going to address something as touchy as Gamergate, you're going to catch flack if you have nothing to say other than, I looked at all the stuff and it's bullshit. You didn't mention anything specific. In the dialogue wheel bit and the nine voice games bit, you raised particular issues you had, and you spoke about their functional details. You made directed arguments that referred to actual stuff. There's nothing wrong with disliking Gamergate at all. I didn't dislike your video because I think you're a shill. You weren't misled either. You read things, made judgments about those things, and formed an opinion about them. Great. So one of two things is happening here. You have specific thoughts about Gamergate, actual things you take issue with and just chose not to let us in on them. Or two, you just don't care enough about Gamergate enough to form and support a proper opinion. There's nothing wrong with not caring, but it's not like you to throw half-baked non-arguments out there. Don't half-ass it, full-ass it, or don't ass it at all. I also hope sincerely that you have the intellectual maturity to understand that people are not reacting this way because you made an anti-Gamergate video. They're reacting this way because you made a bad anti-Gamergate video. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's not, there's not that much more to say about Gamergate other than fucking people with their goddamn. In his case, it sounds like maybe he is informed, but you can't just. Obviously, if 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 he read the stuff about Gamergate, then he can't just dismiss it completely because there's stuff in there that is like there's stuff that the Gamergate has brought up that is undeniably like an issue that 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 should be discussed and maybe it shouldn't be discussed at the capacity it it is or maybe it shouldn't be as blown up as 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 explosive as it is but it you can't just dismiss it and or you can dismiss it but don't don't act like your dismissing of it is backed up by any kind of research because it, it, it can't be well even if you do want to dismiss it i would have no problem with somebody dismissing it entirely so long as they like told me why or not like it's not me they don't have to prove to me why <laughs> it's that if you don't support your opinion at all it's hard to appreciate it and he even said in the video i know maybe if you haven't watched this stuff you don't care but hopefully you can kind of imagine what this is like it's not really about him but about the argumentative approach so he said like this is a new series where i'm gonna half-ass a few things or maybe one quarter ask them and that's not really true he made three arguments in the video Two were about RPG mechanics, one was about Gamergate. When he was talking about RPG mechanics, they were really short points that he made. But they were good points. They weren't half-assed points, they were just full-assed short points. Short isn't the same as putting less effort into it. And, I don't know, it's like you come to expect... Because he's always on point. He is so thoughtful with all the analysis he does. It's really unlike him to not tell us why he thinks something or at least points something specific some specific functional detail that makes something work or that can be pointed to like this is what i have a problem with but he didn't even like mention harassment or echo chamber like he didn't say any particular problem about it which i think is why most people are upset like 
we people can stomach if you're not a baby you can stomach people disagreeing with you but if somebody's just gonna you know shit all over the place and say yeah you're wrong I, everything you say is wrong categorically and not explain why it's hard not to be you know upset especially when you've come to expect such a high standard of analysis from somebody but anyway that's what i've got to say about mr b tongue uh still great guy still gonna subscribe to him but you know so now we can probably move on to news yep and uh starting out is something that i think you should you should cover <laughs> okay so um ds fix ds fix if you're not aware is the patch the fan-made patch that makes dark souls on pc playable it unlocks the frame rate if you want it but it also makes several improvements to like being able to play at higher resolutions and turn on anti-aliasing and whatever without getting like the 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 play window locked up to the top quarter of the screen um you know really weird problems that make the port irreparably broken well i say irreparably it's only Namco Bandai who don't want to repair it. This guy Durante did repair it within 23 minutes of the game's launch, and that's DS Fix. It makes Dark Souls work. And Namco Bandai filed a DMCA notice today on DS Fix version 2.3.1. No, on version 2.3. And it's so strange because he's done so much for their community, so much for their game, and more importantly to them, he's done so much to their bottom line. Like, that game would not have sold on PC in the state that it was launched. People would know that it's a broken port. But if you tell them, hey, there's this little mod zip file that you can drop in your folder and then it works perfectly, then people can play it. That's the only reason Dark Souls worked on PC. It's the only reason that Dark Souls 2 on PC has such a big audience. They owe so much to him and they DMCA'd his patch. Now, there are several rumors and theories going on about this. This is something Durante himself said. Um, this is all... Sorry. This is utter bullshit, of course, especially since DS Fix does not include any of their material. I'm actually amazed that they would do this. I mean, WTF. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard not to be shocked. <laughs> like, why? For, first of all, why? And yeah. second of all, why now? And uh, and the whole concept of a DMCA notice, I don't think really applies to mods, especially mods that just that just uh, modify such minor parts of the. <laughs> it like, can, I, like if he was repackaging, if he was modifying like files that come with Dark Souls and changing them and making them something else and then redistributing them, that's a violation of copyright. They still shouldn't stop him because it does so much for their game, but that would be technically a violation of copyright. This, he isn't sh using any of their code, any of their assets, nothing. It's all files that he created himself. It doesn't belong to Namco Bandai. Yeah, that, it's, it's fucked up. And in my opinion, the only... The only reason that this could happen is because, well, there's really two main reasons. I think there's there's two possible reasons that that I think are most likely, and one is they have some kind of legal group or legal, maybe even third party group that uh, is 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 going through the internet and finding things that they think violates the the terms of use or whatever, and they're just automatically sending out these notices and whatnot. And, and and they're ignoring any kind of context whatsoever. They're just saying, oh, yeah, here's a mod, so bam, notice, or whatever. 
Um, I, I, that's pretty common, I think. Uh, I, I think most video game companies have figured out that that's not a good way to go about it. Uh, <laughs> but but I, that's what kind of happens on YouTube a lot and stuff where you're just getting these wide-sweeping notices that, 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 that don't take any context in, in, into consideration at all. Um, that or it was a relatively low level decision made by someone who doesn't have the, they have the authority to do it, but they don't have the larger, uh, picture of like the, the success of the game on the PC and, 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 and how much they owe to this guy and stuff. And, and so I think, I think that what inevitably will happen is someone higher up will apologize for this and they'll, they'll, they'll say, no, the DMCA, like that was a mistake or, you know, that, I, I can't imagine that they'll yeah. just, they'll, 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 they'll just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I, I, they can't. And that's actually, yeah. that's actually a good segue because I didn't, what I just told you, the audience, are just the facts that this DMCA was filed. But there are lots of rumors as to why it was filed and that it might be a mistake. Ryo Ryan 96 said, has it been confirmed that it was actually Namco and not a false claim? Right now, the only thing we know for sure at the time of this recording is that Namco Bandai filed the DMCA, and there's no reason why at this point. But from piecemeal bits and pieces that I found on um, like NeoGAF and a few other sites when I was researching this is that the the theory is that Namco Bandai because the Dark Souls debug version was just leaked which we'll talk about in a second um, that they're trying to find instances of this debug executable and flagging those on mass and that they hired some like external contractor you know just a whole bunch of interns basically this happens all the time um to to flag as many instances of this copyright violation as they can and so maybe this just got caught up in that i'm hoping that's the case and it seems like maybe that's true but we we don't know anything um a community manager from namco bandai i don't know how to pronounce his name it's like jay karchi jay cartier something like that uh we'll, we'll put a link to the tweet in the show notes um but a few people on um on twitter were messaging him um, Ouroboro, so is a Dark Souls uploader, was one of the people who talked to him. And then he says, thanks for the heads up. Not sure what's going on, but I'll try to find out. So it doesn't seem like they were planning this. If this were some move that they were planning to make, they would probably inform the community manager so that they would know how to control the damage. Yeah. Like, And, and on top of that, it's um, like... I for- completely forgot what I was going to say. On top of that, nothing. <laughs> if, 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 in Christ. <laughs> if they knew the if they knew the gravity of what they were doing, which is taking down a mod that probably the majority of their download base on this PC uses, um they would they would definitely notify community managers and what it would be like known company wide like yeah. it, it, there's no way that they would just make this decision from a from a high level position and 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 not tell anyone like that's why that's why it's almost certain that this is just a mistake made by someone who who didn't have the proper context i remember now what i was going to say um, Namco Bandai or From Software have never officially acknowledged the existence of DSFix. 
Never. This is the first time that they have made some kind of official interaction or mention of DS Fix or Durante at all. It's really strange. Like, I understand they don't want to admit that they released a broken game because if they admit that, then they have to fix it themselves, which takes time, effort, money. Like, I get it. The game works. It's shitty that they're not going to fix it themselves, but, you know, what are you going to do? That, to me, kind of suggests that it was a mistake because I don't think they would willingly choose to do anything with DS Fix to praise it or even mention its name, acknowledge its existence. So it would be weird that the first time they ever even recognize that this thing exists is to file a DMCA notice. Um, and, and just for the folks at home who are worried, and this is also a PC Gamer article I read that said Dark Souls just got worse because it was flagged. Um, the DS fix is still available. You know, it's, you don't even have to go to like a third-party mirror of it. Um, Durante released a cheeky version 2.3.1, and the only difference is now it's hosted on Mega instead of his Dropbox that got DMCA'd. Yeah, so. and, and either way, it's such a small folder, and everyone has it on their computer. Like, it could easily be distributed without his help or without major websites supporting it like there's no way that's another that's another reason that it's probably a mistake there's no way they can just crack down on this like it's 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 going to be used no matter what they do like it's it's a very easy folder to to install and 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 spread around so there's no worry there's there's absolutely no worry that's gonna go anywhere so yeah, with the with the rumors of the debug version, that's a good segue to talk about the debug version itself. Now, I've just downloaded this. Have you heard much about this? I haven't heard anything about this, but from what oh, you've man. written here, it looks really fucking exciting. It's so amazing. Um, okay, so there's lots in the debug version. You can see all kinds of things. Like there was a an early build of the game with a character select screen, and it was like you know, thief, warrior, witch was one, pyromancer. One of them was Solera Vastora, was a character you could pick in the character selection screen. Um, it's all kinds of cool stuff, and just behind the scenes little glimpses. I had no idea that we were still gonna get such cool stuff to come out of Dark Souls 1 and this is probably the coolest thing to ever come out of it since its launch I mean it's just awesome one of the things you can do in it and the thing I'm most excited to I've seen a lot of videos of this and it looks amazing Um, you can become or like play as any mob or boss in the game and you can use their movesets it's just so cool and you have all their health and people have been doing awesome stuff with this like um people have done ornstein versus smo like you can be ornstein and fight smo (laughs) and and the coolest by far is somebody did artorius versus manis and you said you haven't played the dlc right no, I mean, I know pretty much everything about it. Okay. That's part of the reason I haven't played it. <laughs> so, like, lore-wise, you should, first of all, because they're probably the best bosses in the game. Um, but Artorius and Manus are my actual favorite bosses in the game. And lore-wise, Artorius, like, tried to fight Man. Actually... I forgot how that all worked, but Artorius was the Abyss Walker, and uh, Manus is the father of the Abyss. And, you know, Artorius was kind of, like, descended into the Abyss at the end, and it was all very sad. Oh, wham, wham, wham. But the coolest thing is just using Artorius's moveset to fight Manus, and he's just, the guy who's playing him is just flipping across the arena with those crazy boss-only moves. That's It's awesome. just so cool. It's so cool, and you can be any mob, too. Like, I saw a video of a guy playing as a mimic like walking around with the big mimic legs and hands yeah. that's it's awesome i can't wait to play 
that. That brings me back to like about a decade ago or even more than that of kind of like when I was a teenager and 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 video games were actually something to to get excited over. Like I remember <laughs> I remember the first Halo on the Xbox People figured out how to get in there and and mod it and 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 hack it and all that stuff. And they would do things like fly the pelican around or control a hunter. And I thought that that was like the most incredible thing in the world. I was like, holy shit, these people are doing like such awesome things. And like it was so exciting. And I haven't really like seen anything like video games now are so they've they've lost that kind of mm. mysterious kind of feeling all the files are in like some proprietary package format that you yeah. can't modify and stuff it's it's lame Either, now or or the or it's the other extreme where games are meant to be modified like like something like skyrim where it's like and have like no nothing, personality yeah nothing's impressive because it's it's very it's it's penetrable like it's 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 there's no mystery about it or mystique about it at all um but dark souls it, First of all, part of the part of my huge appeal of Dark Souls is the fact that it is it is mysterious and and it does have kind of a like exploring it actually feels like you are discovering stuff for the first time, not like you're just doing something that a thousand other people already have. Even if that even if it is the case that that other people have done it, it still feels like your own adventure. And so for something like this to finally come out, like even years after the game has come out, and like. I don't know. Like it doesn't ruin the game at all because now the game is so mm-hmm. it's done now. Like it's years after it's been released. Everyone's played it who's, who wants to play it pretty much. And and so it's it's it doesn't ruin the mysterious factor. It just makes it so much more satisfying right. to 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 finally go in there and like see how the bosses control and stuff. Like that's so exciting to me. I I I'd really like to to check that out. Yeah, this it basically comes at the perfect time. Like I mean it's not so close to the game's launch that it's going to ruin secrets, really. Um, it's, you know, Dark Souls 2 has kind of died down completely, too. Like, it's people had their fill of souls, and now something new has happened. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah, that's that's really neat. I, I, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I and I don't even think I know the half of, like, what what you can do in it. Like, there are all kinds of crazy... You know, it's a debug build. You're meant to be able to easily do as many crazy things as you can. I've seen, like, gravity things going on, like, really weird gravity stuff, like, walking through walls, and somebody lit up the abyss. You know the abyss part when you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you're not familiar with Dark Souls, there's a part where you're just in this endless black expanse called the abyss, and um, it just goes on forever in every direction, and it feels like you are just lost in black nothing completely and somebody used this debug build to light it up just flood it with light it, it's so weird it's but it's so cool too it's I'm, yeah, it's like i'm neat. recapturing that feeling of playing dark souls for the first time of like discovering all these cool mysteries and everything it's awesome yeah that that i get really like i hate to harp on the subject but like I knew Halo 1 in and out. Like, I'd played through that game over and over and over, and I knew every little nook and cranny of every level. And then I started going online and seeing what people had done to, like, get outside of the levels or, or, or mod it and all that stuff. And that that's the same feeling of just, like, I know these areas so well, but then now I'm seeing, like, a whole new side to them and, and, and seeing the way that they were created and all that stuff. And it's, it's it that's, that's fun. That's part of the fun of video games to me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's Let's... 
Here, you, you introduce this next, next one, too, because <laughs> I don't know much about this latest okay. update. So, yeah, most people listening have probably heard of the interview, that movie about James Franco and Seth Rogen going to North Korea, killing Kim Jong-un. Um, so there was a big controversy over that. North Korea hired hackers to fuck with a movie and fuck with Sony Pictures specifically. There's a lot of political elements in play there because Sony is a Japanese company. And even though Sony Pictures is American, they still have to answer to the folks back home. And it's apparently really touchy. Like there are Japanese prisoners of war in North Korea that they don't want to have bad things happen to. So like there's a lot, they're trying to tread lightly. And I can understand that. But it was a big controversy here because after Sony Pictures was hacked um, and there were terrorist threats, too, about theaters getting bombed, possibly, that theater owners decided, hey, we don't want a part of this. We're not going to show the movie in our theaters. AMC and or sorry, AMC and Regal were the biggest ones to do it, the two biggest theater chains in the United States. So once they pull out, they can't release the movie profitably anymore. So Sony Pictures has to then pull their pull their hands back too. Um, but the movie's not disappearing. It just didn't get the theatrical release. Um, it is coming out, and what they're doing, I think, is kind of cool, and it's a brilliant marketing. Uh, strategy too. Did you even know that Sony had a streaming service called Crackle? I've heard of Crackle. I didn't know it was owned by Sony. I've heard the name Crackle before. I had no idea Sony had anything to do with it either. But um, they're streaming. They're going to launch the interview on Crackle and you're going to be able to watch it for free. You don't need a subscription. It's not like Netflix. It's more like Hulu. Uh, but yeah, it's free and it's just going to be ads or something. And uh, what a way to raise awareness for their dead streaming service. I mean, of all the times... That that's the best way I think they can make that viable. They're gonna have to go the way of Netflix and Amazon of producing their own original series just for their streaming service for it to actually keep viewers. But this is a great way to make people aware of Crackle. I don't give a shit about the movie, honestly. I don't oh, give yeah. a it was, fuck about it the interview. I, I have to see it out of duty right now. As a patriot but, uh, as a patriot, oh, you, I have to see this you, movie. You got muted for some reason. At least on oh, my did I? Did yeah. I get muted? I can hear you now. Maybe oh, okay. it was. Maybe you just weren't pushing to talk. Maybe. Well, <laughs> anyway, I, what I was saying is that as a patriot, I have to see this movie. It's probably gonna suck. Yeah. I don't actually give a shit about the content, but as an American, I got to. It's true. Like I, I, a lot of people are kind of like making fun of that idea of like, oh, you feel obligated to see it, even though it's gonna be bad. But yeah, I do. I feel obligated to see it, even though it's. I'm probably not gonna enjoy it all that much because like, the the like, fuck the the whole idea of. Like, okay, first of all, first of all, I, I've started to really like Sony as a company between this and the PlayStation experience stuff where, like, they're showing they're showing a lot of good faith in their customers and all that stuff. Like, they're, they they seem to, I don't know, they, they, they seem like a good company and they, they're not, they're not doing, they're not making these huge mistakes that a lot of other companies are making. And a lot of people are trying to blame Sony for the interview being pulled, but Sony originally said, we're going to, we're going to let theaters show this movie if they want, but it's up to the theaters if they want to show it or not. It's all and then, the theaters fault. 
<laughs> yeah, the theaters, all, like, I, I forgot which ones in particular were the first ones to do it, but eventually the dominoes fell in every single theater pretty much. Like, all the major theaters said, no, we're not going to show it. And then, like, the official premiere of it in New York or whatever got canceled. And none of that is Sony's fault. Like, that's not Sony's decision. Sony left it up to them. And, and if then you talk Sony about, decided to pull it, you know? If you talk about good faith, another thing they did is they released the theaters of their obligation to show the movie. Because all this is contracted out way in advance. These theaters, these big theater chains like AMC and Regal, they had contractual obligations to show this movie. And Sony could have said, no, you have to. But yeah, they released them yeah. of that obligation. So I think they, they understood that people were afraid... And they were willing to, you know, they were willing to let people do what they felt they had to to be safe. Yeah. And and I was afraid that they were going to backpedal a little bit. After I knew that when they pulled it, the reason that they pulled it wasn't because of the threats. It was because the fact that, that it wasn't going to be in any theaters meant they couldn't make any money on it. So releasing it wouldn't be economically advi- advisable. So they, they didn't pull it because of that. So I didn't really blame them for that. And I had confidence that they would come up with some way to release it and 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 maybe make money off of it or at least make a marketing <laughs> opportunity out of it and they've done exactly that and this and, is going to make them so much more money than the theatrical release I, ever I think could. it will or at least at least it'll give them you know it's impossible to measure money in terms of marketing but like it'll give them uh, it'll give them a, 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 the crackle service and all that stuff an amount of exposure that it never would have gotten before and well, well even not just the marketing like when it comes out on DVD or D, say DVD Blu-ray's the big thing now I feel like an old man <laughs> I, I am aware of <laughs> Blu-rays. Blu-ray I, I watch Blu-rays out I, I don't know I just feel like DVD is like the default still I would still and, buy it I don't have a Blu-ray player. I mean I guess I have a PS3 so whatever but. so yeah but like when it comes out on Blu-ray it's such a controversial movie like my grandfather has no idea who Seth Rogen or James Franco are, but sure. he knows this movie and he says he's going to see it. Like they have aunt Sue and Sally Joe yeah. from down the street and your uncle Ted. They're all going to watch this movie because they're God fearing yeah. Americans and they want to uh, stick it to the North Koreans. Yeah. And, and everyone wants to have it on their shelf for like, you know, like here I am. I'm I got American that. With see, look at it. It's yeah. like hanging like, an American I, flag on your wall, having uh, the, the interview on your shelf. It, I, it's a shame that it probably isn't that great of a movie, but at the same time, like it just—it's completely irrelevant. Like it, it actually really, really fucking makes me angry. I've seen several people that 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 I like a lot usually express their opinion about this shit online and it's pissed me off. Like it's legitimately made me angrier than like any Gamergate shit has when people say like, "Yeah, well, that's a stupid looking movie, so I don't care." that that it's being pulled i don't care that it's being canceled and it's like how much can you miss the point like entirely misunderstand the the actual like bigger implications of this like it doesn't matter whether the movie's good or bad that's completely irrelevant because it's a matter of like free speech and of fighting these terrorists basically like i hate to fucking use like the the rhetoric of 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 politics but like really like you you fucking cancel this movie and you are letting the terrorists win that's that's what i said on twitter and it's true like that's exactly what you're doing like it it is it is it is 100 terrorism it's not killing people it's not that kind of terrorism but it's 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 terrorism in that it's striking terror in people's hearts and making them not show the movie in their theaters and 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 letting that happen is 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 giving them exactly what they want, and is it's 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 frankly it's just un-American. Like if 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 you 
if, if you're the kind of person to change your lifestyle based on these really vague and, and, and probably not true threats, like threats that, that probably can't actually be carried out, then you're not you don't really deserve <laughs> the freedom that you have you don't deserve to be well, an american like, frankly like uh, it's it's ridiculous it's that, understandable that you're letting these people change you like i can get why if you own a theater and you get some shady letter that says long live best korea we will annihilate you on the premiere date of this movie like you can't blame an individual theater owner for that kind of thing but the point and this was big after 9-11 and it's the reason that we were able to get popular support for several wars is that when terror is struck into people's hearts and that people are afraid in the face of terrorism that collectively we say okay we're here for each other and we're not going to let them beat us that's the kind of post 9-11 spirit that got conjured up and that's essentially what's going on here on a way lesser scale 9-11 didn't happen this is not worse than 9-11 <laughs> but um well i just said 9-11 didn't happen that yeah, is not well, I i'm gonna i'm gonna extract that audio file and, and... yeah you heard it here folks 9-11 never happened we're talking about okay so yeah like it's clearly not as bad as 9-11 but it's tapping into that existing spirit of we're not gonna be beaten and it's a very effective and very uh resonant message or or feeling it's good it's good it's good and and, but uh, that the idea that okay yeah i can understand why theaters didn't want to show it in the in the even even though it was a very tiny chance in the the risk of of being responsible basically for something terrible happening is is terrifying for a business but at the same time if you're an american business and 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 you're dealing with something that is like it's this is it it, it reaches far beyond the idea of uh, of business and and just economics like this is something where like you're actually talking about culture you're talking about ethics in a very large scale like right. there are i think there is a maybe i'm too much of an optimist but i do think that there is a point where a business has to look in the mirror and say is this the ethical thing to do is this the right thing to do and and, and which again it gets complicated risk. it gets complicated because it's, sure. it's a japanese business uh, at least yeah, the parent yeah. company, so, and they got to negotiate those those you know the tensions between North Korea and Japan. But I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty clear that um, we haven't forgotten that those nine eleven sentiments of being there for each other when threatened by foreign powers who wish to destroy us, an axis of evil. I God, I just want to like channel George W. Bush right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it feels it feels good to just know that the interview's still gonna come out and that we're gonna be able to watch it. And then as soon as I hit play, that's me beating the terrorists right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It puts the power in the uh, in the people's hands. I saw <laughs> I saw a leaked um WebM from the movie. I say WebM, it's just a video format. I should just say a fucking video. Um but because it was shared on an image board and it didn't have sound, whatever. Fuck it. Um <laughs> I saw the scene, I think I'm gonna guess it's at the end, of Kim Jong un actually dying. Oh, that was so cool it's kind of low budget effects but it was just awesome it was cool that's, i'm not gonna spoil that, it too that's but. what i would want from a movie like this though is like low budget shitty that guy. <laughs> but, yeah like you that get idea. to see you get to see kim jong-un's face fucking 
just mm, it's it's almost <laughs> as good as a uh, as the it's not quite as good because nothing can top that kind of like fictional catharsis but at the end of inglorious bastards i don't want to say much about it but whatever happens to hitler in that movie did you see that movie no i didn't oh okay Yes, you know, I did, and I completely forgot about like everything I'm just gonna, that happened. I'm just going to say it anyway. I do remember the last it's, scene. Yeah, it's really not a big deal, but just fucking like laying into Hitler's face with just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly never happened, but it just feels good. Like, yeah, he's getting it. He's getting what's coming to him. And yeah, that's, that's what it felt like watching the uh, the end of the interview. So yeah. I recommend you all see it if you love freedom. That was the kind of movie that like if it weren't for this situation happening, I would be so pessimistic about it. Like, oh my God, they're just playing off of people's like, oh, it's, yeah, ooh, 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 North Korea and all that shit, which is basically what it was when it was made. But now that this has happened, it's become this like super patriotic movie when otherwise it was just kind of this exploitive, like, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm almost happy that this stuff has happened. Like, I think that it, Overall, it probably improves us as a nation, like, as far as patriotism and stuff goes, which the USA needs a bit of patriotism right now, because right now, people aren't too happy with, with ourselves. I mean, God, <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever you'd like about patriotism and nationalism and what, like how terrible they are, but it certainly tops, at least for me, it tops um, that kind of postmodern just cynicism you know everything shit government shit america's shit the freedom is shit not i mean that's an extreme thing to say it's hyperbolic <laughs> it's a, shit. you know like I've, I've read um essays from political scientists and they're yeah they're science you know social scientists i i shouldn't even say that because i'm studying to be in a social yeah, science this is, but this is your career anyway um well economics is sort of like whatever but like i've heard things like the um the pedagogy of poisonous freedom before and it's i don't know it's just refreshing to get that yes america yeah and it's almost a good thing that it's a movie that's really stupid and and like it, it's almost the epitome of america of just like this is fucking stupid and shitty and it's not even very well made and it's fucking American. Like, I, I, as silly as it sounds, like, it's almost like that almost improves it in a way in how little it cares about itself. <laughs> like, the fact that North Korea cares so much about a movie that we probably wouldn't give a shit about. Um, I, I, I like it. But uh, let's, let's move on. We've been yeah, yeah. talking on this for a while. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, the GTA trailer. The GTA oh, Heist boy. trailer. This is a this is a stark wanna, change of subject. Do you want to do the right? voice? Do you want to do I, the quote? I don't I don't remember exactly how he says it, but the the GTA Heist trailer was released uh, recently, and uh, basically, okay, let's set the scene here for a second. GTA came out around this time last year, a little before. Like it's been around for about a year. I, I don't think it was a 2014 game. Yeah, it was a late 2013 game, and uh, and. They promised long before it was announced that we would be able to have online heists and heists would be this cool thing that you would do with your friends on GTA online. And then it came out and the heists weren't in and everyone was like, okay, whatever. They're working on the heists in a few months. They'll have a DLC come out and it'll, it'll be in the game. And then that never happened. And now over a year later, they finally not released heists, but released a trailer for the heists, which are upcoming next year at an unknown date. And the way 
So you need to watch this trailer. We'll link it in the description, but you need yeah. to watch this trailer because it begins pause with this, a character. Pause this, watch it, watch like the first five seconds and then come and back. And see if you can tell what, yeah, tell what we were going, we were going to say about it because it begins with a character saying, I know you've been complaining, but you weren't ready. That is, that is what they chose it's to a start their trailer fuck you. with. It's a fuck you <laughs> to everybody that they promised GTA Heist to and didn't deliver. I, I mean, they're rock star. They get to be assholes in some yeah, ways, but come yeah. on. It's, it is really shitty of them uh, to do that. But at the same time, like, I kind of, I almost love Rockstar for it because you can just tell they just like, like they want to create a good game, but they just don't give a shit about what people think. Like they're just fuck it, and 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 so it it is it is kind of the perfect thing for them to say of of their game. But like it is shitty. Just like you've been complaining, and you weren't ready. No, that's not at all what's happening. Yes, we've been complaining because you promised it, and no, we weren't. We were ready. You weren't. You were not. You were the company that was not ready to release your your fucking feature, but. Yeah, I guess that'll come out and be fun. I don't know. I I want to get the. I'll probably get the HD version when it's released on PC, and it, I'm assuming that this will probably coincide with that, or at least be very close to the PC HD release of that. I mean, I um, hope. Like, I I don't even. My brother is huge into GTA V. Uh, he plays it on his Xbox 360, and has been since launch. I played through like the main story, but. No GTA Online, nothing like that. I don't really know, like, um, like I, I didn't know much about the heists or, like, what exactly people were waiting for until I read a little bit more about it. But, like, I don't know. It seems like people were pissed, at, like, or that they were at least really, really excited for it and that it kept kind of being like a carrot that kept moving a little bit farther. Yeah. A little bit farther on it. You know, it's not coming yet, but it will. It will soon. Um, and GTA yeah. Online in general was kind of this overhyped thing. Like I, I, everyone was a little skeptical of it, of course, but like they were, uh, they were acting like it was going to be this really interesting, cool online experience. And in some ways, it is. Like they, they're kind of doing something on the consoles that isn't done anywhere on any other games and consoles. But in the end, you're just connecting to a server with a bunch of other people and going around doing whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. They they try to act like it's got these MMO aspects to it, but it it really doesn't, except for the fact that you're progressing a character that 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 right. is shared across all the servers. But like you're still connecting to a server with a set number of people and all that stuff, which is a running theme in games these days. Is is the idea of like acting like you're an MMO, but not actually being an MMO, like like. Even even up to the point of like like Destiny calls their things like raids and stuff like that, which oh god, it's, that it's pisses totally, me off. That pisses totally me misleading. off. Yeah, because um, I play Destiny. I got like I did the the whole thing, and it's just it's not an MMO. It does it doesn't play like one at all. It doesn't. Mm, there's not enough yeah. rich leveling or mechanics like customization wise to actually be able to call it an mmo it does gta online even for last gen because i haven't even seen it on the hd release i just call it hd the other one was hd technically but we all, <laughs> we all know what's up we don't, and, we what and so um yeah it does destiny better than destiny like it never tr- made these claims to being this epic shared world thing but from what little i've seen it definitely feels like you're moving around a real place with other people from all over the world um 
it feels GTA at least way more than Destiny does. You, well, it, world, you definitely feel that alone. shared world thing more. Yeah, yeah world, it might be just how design, lively the world is. Yeah, the world design alone helps that a lot. Like the world does feel alive, um, and and you're connected to a lot more people than you ever are with Destiny, and the the way that you interact with them is much more kind of random and chaotic, which is perfect for GTA. Uh, but they did. They they just they had high ambitions with that, and they. I, I they missed their mark but I'm glad they 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 tried because it, you're dealing with a game where basically people's the whole appeal of it is that you can just pull out a gun and shoot shit and just cause chaos but they they created this multiplayer where it actively discouraged you from doing that like you would get a wanted level for shooting other players you would lose money and you would like it didn't want you to do that basically or it acted like it didn't want you to do that but in some ways i think people don't give it enough credit because i think people i think they still did want you to do that but they wanted you to be punished for it and they mm-hmm. wanted you to feel like you were breaking the law because you right. are like, when you kill another player, you're supposed to feel like, oh, shit, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do. And and so I think that people weren't giving them quite enough that's credit why, with, like, what their intention was. That's why I find, maybe people disagree with me, but that's why I find Saints Row 3 and particularly 4 to be so fucking boring. Because yeah. you can, in an instant, cause infinite mayhem and you can get away easily it's just it doesn't feel fun part of the like the risk of having the cops come and like whoa i'm gonna get this crazy wanted level the whole city after me literally every cop in manhattan or 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 los angeles the fictional versions of them is going to be after my ass because of what i did that's what makes gta cool and that it's not in a lot of these other gta clones it's it's part of what makes it unique that it's not afraid to punish you for that kind of thing And when you're yeah. dealing with other players in a situation where causing that kind of single-player mayhem would be way easier, it, it makes sense to put systems in place that, that kind of not encourage you to stay within the confines of the law, but to make breaking the law feel appropriately risky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, Saints Row, like, a lot of people have fun with it. I, I played Saints Row 3 co-op a lot, and, and I had fun with it. But you're right, it... it... On the one hand, yeah, it's not really trying to be GTA. It's trying to be like an extreme version of of, of being chaotic in GTA, and and it does not punish you very much. But I don't think it, I don't think it wants to. It wants you to just fucking not care about what you're doing. But like in the end, that 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 to me, that's more boring than like yeah. Like and, and like the first time I played GTA Five and I actually got a wanted level, I was like freaking out and like I, I hid my car like behind a building and the cop cars would go by and like, I thought that was really cool, and. uh I, I almost feel like they didn't actually go far enough with with making you feel like you were breaking the law. Like I think they could have done more to make it feel like you were a wanted person. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's a hard line to to balance between because in the end you're still having to appeal to a player base that doesn't at all want to get frustrated. They just want to get to their next objective or they want to get to the place that they're trying to go without having to deal with any of the bullshit. And that's why that's why I appreciate games like Far Cry Two. That it's a completely different genre, but at the same time, like they, in a lot of the ways, they tried to do the same thing. Where like that game was very punishing in a way that no other games are, and it tried to put you in the environment that you're in, and gave you malaria and made your guns jam and shit like that. And although it was extremely frustrating, if you if you accepted the game for what it was, and you said, okay, this is a game that's trying to put me in a bad situation then you can actually have fun with it. You can say like, oh shit, I'm in a bad situation and, and trying to get out of that bad situation becomes fun. But 
it, it's a hard balance to yeah. strike. And I think it's an interesting thing they went for with Far Cry 2, but I just remember Far Cry 2 not being very fun because the the elements that make you feel ostensibly like you're in this harsh African environment, they kind of felt, and I hate using this as criticism because it's not a problem for things to be too gamey, but those specifically were supposed to be like really immersive elements, but they didn't feel that way. They felt art like artificial which is again really not a problem there's nothing wrong with an unashamedly gamey game sure it's awesome but when you want to throw in those atmospheric bits it wouldn't be appropriate if something like dark souls felt gamey that's part of the reason dark souls 2 disappointed a lot of people is because it felt more gamey um and and again, I hate to use that word in a critical sense because most of the time it's, you know, used by people who, you know, I don't, I don't even want to talk about the people who use it because they open up a whole other can of worms. But it's generally, <laughs> it's, generally about, the, um, <laughs> it's generally the narrative um, games are art apologists who will will do anything. They'll 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 do anything to to legitimize their their chosen profession in video games. So yeah, I mean whatever. I don't even know what we were talking about <laughs> GTA, right? Yeah, GTA. Yeah. I I I, I want to see some games really explore with kind of a, a GTA style world design, maybe, but like be a little more punishing and a little more contextual in how. You're interacting with that world like shadow of mordor just touched on it just touched on it a little bit and it's what the reviewers all focused on which is the nemesis system where the better you do in the game and the more notoriety you you gain in the game the the harder it gets in a way the stronger the people who arrive at at, at these events get like the bosses or whatever will will, will come and, and try to kill you and and games need to at least feel like they're trying to kill you more often, mm-hmm. I think. Like, you you need to feel powerful up to a point, and then you need to feel weak as shit. There needs to be a point where you have to run away, I think. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of the games that I've loved in the past have been games that have forced you into situations where y- you can't win and you have to just run away. And I feel like that's a thing that developers are afraid of these days. And, and, and I think a good example of that game, and this is... Another. This is another game that I'm just pulling out of my fucking hat right now. But uh, Enter the Matrix. Have you ever played that? Oh, no, but I heard good things about it. It's. It, I think there's a lot of mixed feelings about it, but it's one of actually my favorite games. Partly because a running theme in that game was that Okay, you're you're playing as like a couple of really minor characters from like the second Matrix movie or something, and and you're kind of following the Matrix plotline, but on the sidelines. And uh, and so you're not all that you're not as powerful as like Neo or anything like that. And so when you run into an agent in the Matrix, you can't kill them. There's nothing you can fucking do. You have to run away. And the guys in your earpiece saying like fucking run, and you have to just run. And and I love that. Those were the best parts of the games where you would be you'd be mowing fucking SWAT dudes down. I mean, you'd be killing guys all left and right. You'd go into slow motion. You're doing all sorts of bad shit. And then, like at the end of the hallway, bam, an agent, and you just have to turn around and book it. And I, that was that was the best feeling in the world. Is that like it makes you feel powerful as hell, and then it just fucking takes all that away. And I, I, I loved that. I, it, that's what it did really well. And 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 I want more games to to explore with that. And GTA, GTA more more kind of uh, 
it expects you to fight the cops rather than run from them. Although like it, they've improved on the, on the getting away from cops system, but it, it needs more work. And like, I, I want to feel like if I expose myself, like I want, I want in GTA, I want there to be moments like you get in Metal Gear Solid sometimes where you're hiding in a bush and there's a guard walking right by and you don't want to fucking alert him, but you don't know if he's going to see you or not. You know, in yeah. GTA, you never have that moment because you can just pull out your fucking rocket launcher and blow everything up. And, and <laughs> And and I know that GTA is maybe isn't the kind of game to do something like that, but that's but it's still got its moments that way. Like. like when you don't have rocket launchers, kind of earlier on, then you you can't like blow everything up because you don't even have the tools to. Yeah. So like, yeah. kind of early game, it it does capture that. You mentioned Shadow of Mordor. I remember the I, I talked about this specifically last week too. The most fun I had with that game was when I was going for my first war chief, which are like the most powerful guys that you got to kill to get stuff done, yeah, the yeah. big orcs. And I was going for the first one, and I didn't upgrade much of any abilities at all. The game becomes piss easy, trivially easy, once you upgrade your stuff, but I barely upgraded anything. And I go for this first war chief, and I'm getting my ass handed to me. I'm barely hanging on, and there are tons of orcs, like a horde. And then another another elite captain or elite halo um another orc captain shows up and i'm like oh shit and he's got a name and everything and the the soundtrack kicks in and the orcs are the horde of orcs are chanting the name and it's like ish moss, ish moss. <laughs> and then and then i keep running and another one shows up and i feel like oh my god i am not going to win there's nothing i can do i have to leave i have to run that was the most fun i had with that game yep. and if it if it remained difficult it would have been like maybe game of the year but because of how easy it became and because it trivialized every interesting mechanic that it introduced by the end it, it became a much less uh, memorable experience for that yeah. but I, it, overall it was great and that part particularly stands out as one of my favorite moments in a game it, it, it focused too much on making you a badass when it would have been sufficient to just make you feel like a badass when you're fighting the normal orcs and then whenever the a captain shows up or whatever then it makes then make it your equal you know make it feel like like you're not just dominant over them even mm -hmm. though you might be like I, that that is something that i feel like they completely missed the mark on in in in, in shadow of mordor but i bet if you were to interview the developers they'd say yeah we just want to make you feel real powerful we just want to make you feel like a badass but they're they're completely missing the point obviously who was that but, quote by was it a guy from gearbox who said um when you push a button something awesome has to happen <laughs> button awesome button awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, the worst another... game design philosophy of all time yeah. There's another quote by someone I fucking hate, and I don't remember who it is, where they say like, oh, well, this is okay. This is a common sentiment by fucking hate to bring this up, but it's a common sentiment by like social justice warriors. Um, I, I, was, I keep trying to substitute away from that phrase, I, but I can't impossible. think of a better one. It's, yeah. it's too perfect. <laughs> but um, there there was an interview with Blizzard, and I need to find the link and link it in the description because it's 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 fascinating to to read this interview with Blizzard, where they're they're interviewing them about or not Blizzard, uh, who fucking made League of Legends, um, right? Fucking yeah, it's an interview with, I think it's an interview with them. It it might be about Dota. I think it was about League of Legends though. Um, and the interview starts out normally where they're just ask, asking very normal questions about the game or some recent event that happened or whatever. And then towards the end, they start saying, so why do you portray your female characters so sexually and stuff like that? And, uh, and the, the interviewee kind of tries to like 
duck under the question and doesn't want to answer it obviously and they keep pressing and pressing and pressing eventually the 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 interviewers saying stuff like you know the point of games is to make you feel like you're powerful and you're badass and to make you feel empowered and and jesus and, and christ what are, what are your female characters doing to make females feel empowered and the and the response was just like we don't we don't care about making people feel empowered. Like basically, like the person just fucking ended the interview. It was, it was really awkward, and it was it's only in text, unfortunately. But like, it was super awkward, and and I need to find it and link it. But like, that's that. It's such a it's oh. There's a lot of gamers who do feel like that is the point of games is to make you feel powerful, to make you feel empowered, and that's I think that's completely missing. I think, and I want to like, it's a more abstract point here it's not really about um any particular game but i think like just generally and the reason those moments of disempowerment feel so good is because the game isn't if you're talking about games that actually have you playing and facing challenges and things like that the point of the game isn't to empower you power isn't something that the game gives you if the game just gives you that power and empowers you actively then it's an it's an easy game and it doesn't feel good and you don't feel powerful by the end the games that are truly empowering in that kind of way are the ones that make you feel weak and you have to beat the game there's a reason that that phrase exists dark the game. souls you beat the game you beat its ass you show it who's really powerful that's the point of games to me or at least the games that you know i don't care much for the interactive story game distinction yeah. the ones that are truly trying to be challenges the, that's what you know the ones that have lose states basically or or meaningful lose states where you have you're frustrated those kinds of games that's the point that's what really makes them effective and resonant yeah and i mean like i said dark souls is is the perfect example and i mean like that's a game that makes you die over and over and over so that you feel weak as shit and then when you finally accomplish something you feel fucking powerful because you've actually you've actually made an accomplishment you've actually improved yourself to to, to overcome a challenge and yeah and something like shadow of mordor just doesn't do that it, it's all fake progression and know? speaking of sexy women bayonetta <laughs> um i was watching uh i haven't really played bayonetta before but it was fascinating watching a friend of mine play it on the wii u because bayonetta 2 if you buy it you get the original free and i was watching it and when he was doing poorly, it looks stupid. Like, it just kind of looked dumb. Yeah. And when he was doing well, it was one of the most amazing spectacles I've seen in a game. It Like, the difference is night and day. The game doesn't just give you all these flashy, stylish, cool-looking things. You have to earn it. Games that make you earn things are the ones that you appreciate the most. Yep, definitely. So... I think we've covered that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, it was Blizzard. It was Heroes of the Storm, the the the, the oh, moment Jesus. that they were making that they canceled. Um, yeah, that that was what the interview was about. So, there's your answer to that. Uh, I'll, Donkey I'll that. Donkey made a a video about that a while ago, just him shitting on Heroes of the Storm for like a while. <laughs> and uh, if you can get a fan of League of Legends 
to to hate a MOBA or even just a game at all, you're dealing with bottom of the barrel standards in the first place. If you like yeah. League of Legends, so <laughs> if you could get somebody, Although, who the to fuck dislike. are we to talk? We tried we tried fucking Dota once and just said you know nope. What? Yeah, and you know what? That's what everybody should say. I think all the pros <laughs> at the highest level of esport competition should just say, "Wow, this is stupid," and then all all stop. Yeah, you know, I just don't know about Dota. I don't know enough about MOBAs or Dota to appreciate it. Uh, I just don't think it's our kind of game. Yeah, yeah, you know, my kind of game is um is good. You know, good <laughs> games. That's my kind of game. So yeah, it's not my yeah, kind of game. Definitely. Um. All right, moving on. This all started with GTA Heist somehow, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Moving on. Uh. Uh. The we talked last week about hatred. And uh, yeah, and how it was pulled from Steam, and the explanation that they gave, and the controversy surrounding it, and the the whole idea of censorship, and who can censor, and all that stuff, and all of it is for naught because Gabe Newell has apologized for Steam pulling hatred from Steam Greenlight. Um, Gabe Newell himself stepped in and said, "No, no, 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 we don't want to do this. We don't want to pull this game." And uh, we have a we have an exact. Uh, quote from Gabe Newell. He says, Hi, Jaroslaw. I don't know who Jaroslaw is. Oh, it's the dev. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, because, yeah. Because the devs actually had a pretty, uh, I was really impressed with the 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 calm response that the devs had to it, and I, I, I don't have, well, I do have their exact quote somewhere up here. Um, well, anyway, they, they, they had a very calm response to it. They said, you know, it's up to Valve, whatever they want to do, you know, it's, it's okay, and all that's, and I was like, holy shit, okay. Um, but Gabe Duell sent a response to them and said, Yesterday, I heard we were taking hatred down from Greenlight. Since I wasn't up to speed, I asked around internally to find out why we had done that. It turns out it wasn't a good decision, and we will be putting hatred back up. My apologies to you and your team. Steam is about creating tools for content creators and customers. Good luck with your game. Uh, it's a very, you know, it's a very withdrawn kind of message, but it... it yeah, that he says can't, a lot about he can't say Valve. looking forward to playing it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um or you know i really support all of your political views <laughs> right but, it, <laughs> but you know like in the end it, again it, valve still had the right to pull it down but apparently it was a decision made by someone who didn't quite jive with what gabe feels like is 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 what yeah. valve is, and, is for and, and at the end know? of the day he's the ceo of the company what he says goes if he wants yeah. it on steam it's going to be on steam yeah. and i think like uh just kind of the rhetoric of it is interesting to me um rhetoric in like the composition studies sense not like the political garbage but um like so I asked around internally to find out why we had done that. It turns out that it wasn't a good decision. I think that the delay of putting it back on Steam, the, it was a what, what, like a week it was off or two weeks? Uh, yeah, maybe a week. A week or so, um, give or take a few days. And I think that that was pretty clearly a result of backlash to removing it. Like, if everybody was just pleased that hatred was removed, you wouldn't get Gabe coming out and saying, oh, wait, we're going to put it back up anyway. If people actually, if the masses wanted this removed and weren't going to buy it and were going to boycott Steam, it wouldn't be back up right now. But because so many people 
messaged them or sent emails. I know there was tons of threads saying, send your emails to Steam, telling them to put it back up. That stuff works. It's consumer pressure. And if you can show that the consumer pressure to, to have this game available on Steam outweighs the consumer pressure to remove it from Steam, then that's going to be a consideration that they make. Maybe they can make decisions about their own morals and scruples. I don't think that's generally going to happen with companies that you threaten their bottom line or you you dangle a carrot in front of their bottom line and they're going to make the decision that goes with what people are going to buy. Yeah, and I I think in the end this comes down to a lot of like what Valve wants to appear as and they don't want to appear as a a judge of what should and shouldn't be a game. They want to appear as the best place for game creators to get their content out to customers and 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 obviously this would be bad pr for that image uh but i I, i've pulled up the quote from the the hatred (laughs) hatred developers and i think it's kind of funny in just how uh it 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 doesn't at all feel like it's from the people who made the game that that trailer (laughs) is 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 showing but uh here's here's what they say I'll, i'll try to Cut it down. It's three paragraphs, but I'll 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 I'll, I'll cut out the good bits. They say, uh, even though games like Manhunt or Postal are still available on Steam, we of course fully respect Valve's decision as they have the right to do so. In the same time, which is improper grammar, we want to assure you that this won't in any way impact the game development, game's vision, or gameplay features we're aiming for. Um, don't treat this as a failure because yet again, this showed a huge community support we're totally overwhelmed with. Uh, this is the best proof for us that there are diehard hatred fans out there waiting for this game to be released, and that we need to keep going to deliver them a game that yeah. offers exciting and challenging gameplay. The whole situation only pushes us forward to go against any adversity and not give up. It also makes us want to provide our fans hatred pre-order f- pre-orders sooner, as many of you has a- have asked for them. It sounds like it's such a... It's awesome. Like, they obviously wrote it like intentionally to to feel that way but like it is funny like hearing that from the guys who made this fucking trailer for this game where he says like oh fucking what does he say the world is shit i wanted to burn it's like what the fuck i just fucking Uh, hate this world (laughs) and all the human worms feasting on its carcass my whole life is just cold bitter hatred let's push forward i haven't memorized i haven't memorized (laughs) <laughs> okay, so speaking of um, shitty shit getting sold, Telltale, <laughs> Telltale is going to be making a Minecraft story game, Yay. and it's called Minecraft Story Mode. And oh my god, oh my god, holy shit! <laughs> like, um, like I, I, w- I was holding out hope for Telltale because Game of Thrones was kind of iffy. Tales from the Borderlands was legitimately good. <laughs> And ho- oh my god, I don't... What? What do you say? What do you say? Uh, that, it, I, I, to me, this does, like, I don't want to overreact because it, it, it's probably a really small project, but at the same time, like, that Telltale is not, like, they fucked, they've jumped the shark, they've jumped the shark uh, at this totally. point. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be categorically excited for any Telltale release like I used to be. Like, Walking Dead Season 1 got me like, oh, yeah, Telltale's making that? That's going to be awesome uh, for a while. And Wolf Among Us was great, and Season 2 wasn't very good. But, you know, I was still excited for what they're doing. But it's just it's just over. I, I can't a, be excited a, a for tell, this. A Telltale Minecraft game. I mean, first of all, it's such an obvious money grab, which Game of Thrones was too, but you knew that Game of Thrones has the potential to actually be like interesting, even if they maybe didn't deliver on that as, as well as they could have. 
but fucking Minecraft, like they're yeah. so obviously just doing this because it's a it's a it's right. a really good tie-in for you know it's obviously going to sell to a huge number of people. It's like those people. There are books that you can go to libraries and buy that are just stories of Minecraft. Like people, like people are writing books for kids where they're just like I walked into the cave and there was a creeper and I killed the creeper and yeah. like that that <laughs> shit exists and Telltale fiction, is yeah. totally capitalizing on it and 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 it's 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 really sad that a company that has made very highly I mean fucking the walking dead one game of the year at the game award thing like a couple a few years ago like they yep. were a really highly respected company and now they're just fucking like this, all this will do is shoot them in the foot i mean maybe maybe they'll still be, make money <laughs> make money as a company but they're 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 not going to have any respect and i don't know if they'll have a a long lasting like they're going to ruin their image and so i don't know if they're going to be able to keep making money in the long term i I, I think they're going the completely wrong direction with all this shit. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see the notes of the story coming. There's going to be a part where somebody starves because there's a hunger bar in Minecraft. Uh, what else? There's going to be skeletons, probably. Like, some of the like, characters becomes a skeleton. No, it's so sad. Is there going and... to be, like, dialogue? Like, how are they going to even handle I think that? there's like, going to be dialogue. They released, a, like, an info game. Like, it's called InfoQuest 2. And you choose dialogue options in a telltale fashion, and it's 2D Minecraft people talking to each other. And it's basically them trying to... Like, you can tell that they knew people were going to be upset. And they were trying to, like, calm people down with this. But it just kind of... Like, it, it, it was like, a, eventually, it forces you down a path of saying, Wow, can't wait to play it. And I'm just like, fuck you. But, I mean, come on. God. All right. But, yeah, like I don't know. It's it it's really not like I'm not really personally hurt or upset or even that mad. It's just like whoa, come on. And and it feels like it's it's like a couple years too late too. Like I know that Minecraft is still an insanely popular series, don't get me wrong, but like the buzz around it, like right. the third party tie-ins and shit feel like they're a couple years late at this point like fucking what are they they called like the the two the yogs cast like they've come and gone in my mind Uh, but i know that they still have this huge audience that's that's out there and just not yeah you're you're projecting your good taste and exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um and 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 kids will be kids so i guess telltale maybe they'll move on to like making basically the equivalent of choose your own adventure kids novels oh man like jesus christ (laughs) it's well you say it's going to be like a small thing mojang was just acquired for two billion dollars yeah it's huge money and i've read that there there's like going to be a consultant from mojang working full-time with them or something like it's they're they're clearly I think like Mojang is clearly going to be more invested in it than uh than Telltale cuz Telltale have clearly shown they don't give a fuck anymore. So yeah. Oh man. And and someone in someone in the comments by the way if you're listening to this recorded we we did this live too. Uh so we have a comment thread but someone in the comments made a really good point which is that part of the the whole appeal of Telltale games is that they're expanding upon a lore of a world that you're interested in. Like The Walking Dead's Borderlands, I wouldn't say so much, but at least there there is a lot of like 
material there to draw from game of thrones and even the wolf among us they're building this world you know and and part of the appeal is that you're learning well, more about the world especially and especially what the fuck the wolf are you among gonna us. learn about minecraft yeah it, well it feels like fan it's gonna be fan fiction well yeah like, it's I mean, gonna it be is, all those basically. little kids writing today i went into the mine and saw a creeper it's gonna be like those those um I, I, I don't I can't think of any specific thing, but I know it exists and I know I've seen it before. It's like some dramatic story told about Minecraft and it's like the dark depths of the mine are closing in on me. That's, I can that's I can exactly feel those, the like, shadows and oh it's <laughs> like it's get it because it's so cute because the game is actually fucking kitty and yeah. you're talking about it like it's some harrowing tale. That's exactly what this is gonna be like. That's what those books that you'll find in the bookstore are like. Like they 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 uh they turn Minecraft into a into a dramatic story and 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 I, I don't know. Maybe we'll be fucking biting ourselves it's, in the ass when when, when it comes out and it's like this really amazing story that they've just put in this really weird world but Somehow I doubt it. I, I think I think it's just. Shitty. What are we gonna do? Let's be honest about this. What am I gonna do if it turns out to be good? I'm gonna be honest if I think it's good, and I'm actually gonna do it. Do I, do I have to eat a sock or something? I don't know. I'll do you something. Do the, the Werner Herzog. I'll do something really embarrassing. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I can't do that. I can't eat a shoe. <laughs> I can eat some fabric, but maybe maybe you have to play through like a really a game that you hate on stream that'll take like hours to complete i will complete borderlands the pre-sequel wow oh, yeah that's pretty good i yeah. fucking hate that game yeah yeah so you'll, you'll complete that game if it if it comes out and you're honest with and yourself I, and I you will say be that honest. it's good if, it, if i think it's good <laughs> i will do it yeah i i don't think it's gonna be good <laughs> i am very say. confident in saying it won't be too Ugh. So anyway. I think that does us for news. Um, if people have burning questions that you need to get off your yeah. chest, uh, you can you can tell us those now. It's going to uh, take a second with like a delay for them yeah, to see. Th and... There was one question I saw a while ago, which was, uh, are there any games we're looking forward to in 2015? Um, hold on. I was just, sorry, as you were saying that, I was reading another question that just popped up, so I got distracted. Tell me again. Um, are there any games that you're excited for in 2015? Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> that it's the first year in a while that I'm excited for anything. Uh, the Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, look is looking to be one of the greatest games ever, and it's one of the only ones that I would be confident saying that before it comes out. <laughs> and uh, Bloodborne also looks fantastic. Uh, what else? There's another thing, too, that I just know is there but those are like the the titans in my mind and i've been looking forward to those for a while so i'm stoked for those unbelievably stoked what are you yeah i'm, I'm not excited for a lot of games obviously the fan of pain is one um <clears throat> I, I i don't know i i need to see like e3 and shit before i before i get excited for anything i think i get i i feel like 2015 can't be any worse than 2014 um I, 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 this is actually a good time to bring up. I, I think that I'm going to make like a uh, year in review or uh, awards kind of. Uh, I've been meaning to do this like every year for the last like three years, <laughs> where at the end of the year I say, I'm going to make a, a, a video that's like recapping the year in games. And I think I might actually do it this year because this year is so perfect for just 
shitting all over the industry and and that's that's what i like doing the best so. yeah i kind of have an idea for that too i haven't made a video in a while so it might be a good way to get back in the game yeah i, I mean yeah, right. come I, out of retirement for one. one last job <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh, the phantom pain's the only one that i know oh and bloodborne those are the only two that i know are going to be like yeah i'll i'll, I'll get them and play them and probably enjoy like, them it's yeah i want to hesitate well the Phantom Pain, you you cannot convince me that it will not be a masterpiece. Yeah, but Bloodborne, it's be good. Bloodborne, I think is going to be great, but like I'm still keeping realistic expectations about it. Still, though, there's no way I can conceive of it being bad. Yeah, I I I, I think it'll be good. Even like I mean, even Dark Souls Two, as disappointing as it was, was still a good game. And oh, and, yeah. and there's almost no way it can be worse than Dark Souls Two. So I know <laughs> I'm going to have fun with it. Uh, Someone mentioned Hotline Miami 2. I really, really love Hotline Miami. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Hotline Miami 2, but I'm not, like, pumped for it. Like, it's, yeah, I it's, feel like I, it doesn't look different enough to me. Yeah, in the end, it's going to be more of the same. And the whole appeal of Hotline Miami was that it was, like, this really unique, interesting thing. So a, a sequel, as as fun as a sequel is going to be, like, it's not, it's not anything crazy to get excited about, in my opinion. Um have we played any Heroes of the Storm at all, my friends nope. who don't really like MOBAs? I die, 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 die. Nope. I, I don't want to play MOBAs ever. <laughs> yeah, we played a, like a MOBA. We gave it a Dota fair 2. shot. Yeah, we tried to play Dota 2. And I've played um, Dota 2 several times before that, like a couple games, three or four. And then Heroes of New Earth before that. I played Heroes of New Earth the week before it went free to play. I bought it for thirty fucking dollars, and then it went free to play the next <laughs> week, and I was pissed because I hated it. <laughs> and um, League of Legends, I played a little bit of that too. Cumulatively, I've probably played like fifteen full matches of MOBAs, and I still fucking hate them. I don't know how much more a fair shot I'm supposed to give it. I'm hating every minute of every game I play. I've always I've always disliked the idea of MOBAs just like from looking at them and watching them. Uh and then that that time I played Dota with you was the only time I've ever played a MOBA. Um and I I, I mean I I was as fair as possible. I actually went in there with a pretty good attitude. Like I was like I I feel like this is going to be a lot more fun than I've been giving it credit for and then I just had the worst time ever. And I mean part of that is we were getting crushed. So I of course you're not gonna have fun but like, like i've won games and hated it yeah the the gameplay itself just doesn't appeal to me and and the strategy doesn't appeal to me i when it comes to like top-down uh strategy games like that i like stuff like starcraft where where it's more first of all it's more individually focused rather than team focused i i there are team games i like but mobas don't seem like the kind of team game that i'm looking for but like when it comes to strategizing like that on 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 a map like that, I I I enjoy watching competitive StarCraft two matches, but I've tried watching competitive MOBA matches and just that I I don't like, there's nothing <laughs> enjoyable about them to me. I don't yeah, know like, how they've blown up so much. Like um, I'll watch uh, if you guys are familiar with Flimsy, um, I, I'll watch his streams. But when Dota goes up, I I just glaze over. I cannot pay attention to that it's just yeah. it loses me completely and then I, I usually just i usually just like um pop out the video and then just hide it and then just look at the chat and listen to it yeah yeah i i, I i've even like I, there were during the big tournament where there was like the 10 million dollar prize or whatever i was 
I was watching the stream where they were trying to like teach you about the game as it went. I don't know if you're aware of that, but there was like this these commentators that were supposed to be for like newbies who who don't know how MOBAs work. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there and I was just like, okay, I understand conceptually what's happening right now, but it doesn't make it any more interesting to me. And I I don't want to like shit all over MOBAs and act like they really are bad games because I I I don't think they're bad games. I think that I understand why people enjoy them, but nothing about them appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing that that appeals to me is the fact that it's it's team based and 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 competitive, which CS:GO does that for me. Like I'm I'm fine with it. Like that's that's an actual fun game to me. Like it's 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 fun to actually play that game, and it doesn't feel fun to play fucking MOBAs. But. Maybe if my mouse had like a big trackball in the center where the mouse wheel is, I would feel differently about this. But the most fundamental problem I have with MOBAs is just how it feels to move the camera around. I if, I hate that. I hate it when you have to drag your mouse to the screen and move the camera. I don't like that. It doesn't feel good to me. And it honestly doesn't bother me as much for some reason in StarCraft. I played like a few games of StarCraft and... Um, I, it didn't. I didn't mind it so much in that, but and even in like Age of Empires, it just. I don't know. I don't know why it's for MOBAs. Maybe it's because like how close in things exactly. you are, I was and it feels like you got to move in. all the time. Yeah. I, I hate that. It feels like shit. And there's a reason that I like um, Counter Strike so much, and I, maybe this is why lots of other people like it too. And it goes unsaid is that you do anything and you get an immediate response from the game. And it's yeah. not a matter of button awesome, button awesome. It's not like it's going out of its way to do shit constantly. But it's you don't have that period of moving your mouse to the corner of the screen and have nothing happen during that time until you get to the top and have it start moving. Like, you get immediate response to everything you do. And that feels great. It's an important thing. And I'm, I'm that's what yeah. is attractive to CSGO is it feels nice to play. Another Matthew Matosis video that I watched. Um, I don't love his videos, but they are very interesting, and he brings up a lot of really good, good, good uh, arguments. He, he record, made a video. I, do love them. <laughs> I know you do. I, I, I think that it's some about the way he talks. Like he's very journalistic about the way that he talks, and like every sentence has voice. the same. Int- I, I don't. I, 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 I get annoyed, or I, I get my, I get kind of bored with it. But, uh, but he, he's great at making an argument, and and. Uh, his 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 video about MOBAs were or at least I think it's just about Dota Two actually. Yeah, Dota Two is a competitive game. Yeah, he he mostly focuses on the idea that that it, there's a lot of random elements to Dota Two, which I wasn't aware of how many there were. Uh, but like, there's items that spawn on the map that are randomized and and all sorts of shit like that, which blows my mind. The only random thing, as far as I'm aware, the only random thing in CS:GO is who starts on what side first. And where exactly you start in the spawn zone, which which does not change very much at all, except maybe in the pistol round on like dust two. <laughs> but like yeah. uh, I, that that would drive me insane if I if if winning or losing could could possibly in any way rely on a random number mm. generator. That would that would blow like that. It blows my mind that 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 that's something that's in a competitive game. And then the fact that like that the sides aren't actually equal. Like I thought part of the whole appeal of Dota two was that the map was completely symmetrical, but it, 
it isn't. It just isn't. Yeah. And, and that that blows my mind too. Like I, I don't understand how how people can accept well, that. It's it is weird, and I don't I don't feel qualified to talk about it too much because I don't play Dota. Yeah, yeah. But like part of the appeal of Counter Strike's general aesthetic, it's not really an aesthetic because it's not aesthetic at all. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, the the appeal of Counter Strike's design to me is that you have asymmetrical maps. The maps are always asymmetrical if they're actual competitive maps, significantly asymmetrical. And the sides, the roles you play are also asymmetrical. The terrorists have a distinctly different objective than the counter-terrorists do. Each team is trying to do its own thing, and therefore they start on separate sides of the map that look and are they're very different. They're they're just not even the same at all. It's not even asymmetrical because asymmetrical anyway, implies yeah. asymmetrical almost implies like slightly symmetrical, but the little differences. <laughs> yeah. It's just a completely unique map through and through. There's no symmetry at all, and so the asymmetry of the gameplay matches the asymmetry of the maps. That doesn't seem true of Dota. That you can be any is it hero or champion i don't even fucking care you can be any character you can be any pokemon on any team and um it doesn't matter and you you're trying to destroy the towers and destroy the ancient at the end it's all the same it's the same shit same objectives on both sides yeah I, whatever we're again we're not qualified to talk about it that much but this has been our experience with it and, and these are our opinions on it so if you wondered there you go um i i haven't seen a lot of other questions i i, I there's some people talking about daisy in the chat um and 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 specifically uh I, there was mentioned um kind of a daisy in its infancy as a standalone project uh daisy first of all uh the stream that Kriken did of Daisy that was kind of late at night and I was pretty drunk. Um, it was the first, it was the first time I'd played Daisy or at least like one of the very first, like the first 15 minutes of me playing Daisy and we played at, at night in game at night, which is dark as hell. Like you can't fucking see shit. And, and it was, that was one of the best gameplay experience I've ever had. And people are, people always joke because like, I kept repeating that, that like, this is the best time I've ever had with a video game because it was like, I was blown away by how much fun I was having and like how immersed I was getting in it. Um, and first of all, it's a shame kind of how the community kind of ruined Daisy, but that was kind of inevitable. Uh, but the standalone stuff, like, first of all, I, I haven't bought the standalone because I'd never thought that it was worth the price in the end. It's still just kind of a mod. Uh, but like, I don't know. I, Mm -hmm. the, that that kind of game still appeals to me a lot like it, it's become a cliche like survival multiplayer survival games where you like craft shit and all that stuff is is a complete cliche now but i still feel like i can have a lot of fun with those games um but i i, I don't think that the potential of that genre is, is actually being tapped yet i i think that we're still in the phase of like people still like what we're doing so we're just going to keep doing it's the same thing like, it's almost like a gta 3 days like that was probably around when you got the most just blatant gta clones that weren't yeah. putting unique spins on the formula at all and then even rockstar would still go on to top themselves in much better ways later like with san andreas and vice city like it feels like that's where we're at to me in terms of open world survival games that they're it's not like they're in their infancy but they're pretty 
clearly not mature either. They're yeah. kind of going through their gross adolescent uh, adolescent phase, and they these pimple faced shit clone games, half baked survival knockoffs that really aren't fun, and they're trying to emulate that Daisy mod experience, and they can't. And some are trying to emulate that Minecraft experience, and they just can't. And uh, yeah, yeah. I- so much of those games, in my opinion, rely on on the atmosphere. And uh, I mentioned earlier that feeling of hiding in a bush and having a guard walk past and not knowing if he's going to spy you or not. That was a huge part of DayZ was like, if you didn't have a gun or something and you knew someone was around with a gun, like the fear you fucking felt in that game was real. And uh, and that's a, that's a that's a feeling that you don't get very often in video games and that's very hard to reproduce in video games. And it's one that I don't think they're doing a very good job of promoting and 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 to be fair i think that i'm probably in the minority of people who who actually want that feeling or or maybe i don't know to at least i'm i'm not in the majority of people who understand that 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 feeling is is what's special about those games because i think a lot of people play those mm-hmm. games for the wrong reasons or 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 think that they're playing those games for reasons that they aren't actually playing those games because they get frustrated because people just murder them in those games but but what what I don't what I think they don't really understand is that people murdering them in the game is what makes it so unique and fun because you're constantly under danger of just getting fucking sniped in the head you never know when it's going to happen and that that builds the experience as as frustrating as it is it builds the experience in in the same way that <clears throat> A game like Dark Souls, when there's those really hard segments where you have to get through a bunch of enemies and you die and then you have to go all the way back. God, yes, it's you frustrating. fucking triggered me. You just <laughs> triggered me. I'm getting triggered. Lords of the Fallen, you reminded me of it. It's it's exactly like that. It's, it's like what Lords of the Fallen is to Dark Souls uh, are a lot of these survival games coming out. They just feel like just well i mean let's be honest there hasn't been uh, an accomplishment or action by any human being that has been worse than lords of the fallen uh genocide pales in comparison but if we want to get a little less uh satanic then some of these uh survival game knockoffs really do feel like that kind of soullessness that you get out of uh of um whatever yeah i don't even care i'm just i'm just getting flashbacks right now and i can't focus Uh, I, I know what you mean, and 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 I think those games are. Someone again mentioned in the, the chat. I think it's actually the same person who made the pretty good point earlier about uh about Telltale. They mentioned how uh, games lose their soul when they're governed by the community, and that and that although player insight is, is is valuable, oftentimes it can ruin the very game that it's supposed to be improving. Um, I, I think that clones are kind of the the embodiment of that attitude of like. Here's what people like about this game. So here is exactly that. And 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 it's no, no, that's not what the people like about the game. That's what people think they like about the game. And that's why something like World of Warcraft, again, I, I'm not going to act like World of Warcraft isn't incredibly successful uh, money-wise, but personally, from on a personal level of, of, of what I think was so enjoyable about the original World of Warcraft and why people speak fondly of vanilla and and the first expansion pack of world of warcraft was that it was so limiting and 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 the fact that you had to wait until you were level 40 to get a mount although it was uh, frustrating and time consuming that that was rewarding when you finally get the mount and now you get it at level 20 or 15 or whatever the fuck and you don't have to pay any money for it and you can just level straight to 90 and all that bullshit just takes away what made the game great to begin with and all Mm -hmm. and and it's sad because they're 
because in in a way they're right like there's a lot of people who who are playing the game and and I feel like they're playing it for the wrong reasons and that's kind of in a way that's selfish of me but at the same time like that's what made the game good to begin with and now it's been changed into something that's appealing to an entirely different audience and that's sad um and there's still an audience there is still an audience for the original game and 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 that's kind of being ignored uh and 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 that and I'm I'm talking about this not just in World of Warcraft I'm talking about it, the large across every genre including like DayZ where there's an audience for those really brutal survivalist games with, that are kind of almost being phased out of the genre um it's it's weird yeah and um you mentioned this may be a little tangential but I think it's related close enough um something about the games about the community whatever that it becomes about the community something like that yeah yeah um well for Dark Souls, at least, I think an interesting thing, or it was something like community mods or input to the game. They think that's the most interesting thing about it, whatever. The reason that something like Skyrim is infinitely less interesting than something like Dark Souls is if we ignore all the design of everything, just the the different community approaches. So in Skyrim, the Skyrim community is like, wow, look, you can mod your waifu into the game. Isn't that cute? You can, <laughs> or, or you can, even if we're going to get less silly, that you can mod all these cool quests and NPCs and dialogue into the game. You can mod it all in. It's cool. It's deep. But if I think to the most interesting videos I've watched that for Dark Souls, like the Dark Souls community, and uh, I can't think of any interesting Skyrim videos I've ever watched, but... And if I think of the least interesting Dark Souls videos too, the best ones were the ones that were taking stuff that were in the game, like fucking only Afro Legend Never Dies. I mean, I think it's terrible now because it's been memed. It was to really death. funny. Absolutely, it, to death. It, was, it was hilarious yeah. when it came out, and it's because you could do that to anybody in the game. You could, you could. It was in the game. The community was about stuff in the game, not about changing the game to be in the image of the community. The community sprung up organically in the image of the game, which I think is important. And, uh, yeah, there there are lots of problems with the Dark Souls community. Uh, It is kind of overly meme-y pvp oriented sometimes i do feel like a lot of people play those games for the wrong reasons uh one person who comes on my mumble frequently is all about the uh so did you see the new only afro video (laughs) and i'm like no i didn't and i don't want to because i don't care about uh pvp montages but uh like there they even the people who make the pvp content like that i feel like they even care about the base game more than their audiences do because they're so invested in the pvp because they they like the game and the community is about the game for the for dark souls i don't yeah. know um a bunch of stray thoughts that maybe maybe they make a coherent picture yeah we're gonna have to wrap up soon but i want to shout out to our restus who is a guy in chat and i i feel like every fucking time i've seen his name pop up he's been saying something on point he pointed out that 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 World of Warcraft is forced to uh, games like World of Warcraft, for example, are forced to change and and become something that 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 loses its original soul because that soul was inevitably going to be lost. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but but it, the the sense of wonderment about the world, the world of Warcraft that made it so good, 
would get lost over time inevitably eventually you would you would have explored every nook and cranny you would know the world and it would become more of just a video game for you rather like and it, and it did become that way for a lot of people who played it a lot i didn't play it so much so i around the time that i hit the level cap i was kind of done with the game anyway but for a lot of people they were at the level cap and they were just doing the same thing over and over and, and it had become a video game and so they had to appeal to those people to keep the subscriber base up and 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 that is true and it's but i think that's part of what's sad about <laughs> about games in general is like they become video games when when originally they were something very special and 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 developers i can't blame at all i can't blame developers at all for for trying <laughs> to appeal to the longevity of their games or, or come out with sequels that, <clears throat> that uh, appeal to the games in a different way uh, and, 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 and hold their audience or gain a new audience. But uh, it, it's really sad because it, it, you lose the, you lose the thing that made it special to begin with. And, and I am a believer in the idea that sure listen to your community to an extent, but, but never, never take the community's word for anything. Like, they they think they know what they want, but but they're often wrong, and 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 that's why games like Tribes Ascend, for example, died. I think is because they sat there and they listened to the community, and the community had all these ideas about what could make the game better when it was fine to begin with. TF two, um, TF two. Yeah, well, again, but again, TF two has made shit tons of money. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's super successful, but I can't have fun with it anymore, and it's yeah. because of the 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 community items they killed it. They completely yep. killed it. They killed the style of it. They killed the charm of it. They killed what made it special. And 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 you know. And I say that it's made tons of money. And this is a long shot, but maybe it's possible that if they kept that original specialness of the game, if they kept its unique art style, if they if they they if they kept it as a happy memory in people's minds. Then when they came out with their next game, people would be more excited for it rather than saying, "Oh well, it's going to be the Hat Sim Part 2. You know, like just, that, that's what people think of Valve now is 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 that is is these hat buying games, and that's sad. I just want to see more confidence from developers, I guess. I because if if you make a really successful game, you're doing something right, and it's not an accident, probably, that you have some kind of sensibility to you, design wise. Valve is the best example i can think of that just half-life half-life 2 portal team fortress 2 just amazingly imaginative unique games and they're all different from each other even though they're all first person shooters or first person some things puzzlers whatever's um they're they're so cool and if they do something, it's probably going to be good because they have that that taste to them. They have the skills, and they the writing skills, the design skills, everything. They've got it. So I, we're going to buy whatever they make. Please stop milking. I mean, can you take some of that? I get that you want the cash, you want the dash, but can you take some of that milk money and throw it in the in the uh, the, the hedge fund for future games? That'd be good. Buy some uh, buy some Half Life futures. How about that? That's that's yeah. my investment advice advice for Valve. Yeah, even even like Portal Two, which I I I I loved Portal Two. I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I thought it was a really good game. But it, in the end, it was it was milking a franchise that they didn't need to milk. Like they could have kept Portal as its own thing, and it would have been fine. And they could have made a completely different game that was humor based and mm-hmm. had a lot of the same ideas that Portal Portal Two had, and made it into something special and unique instead of just a sequel to a loved game. And 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 you know, 
ask people whether they like Portal or Portal 2 more, people are still probably going to say Portal because it, it in their minds, is special and Portal 2 is just the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I don't know. I'm, I'm projecting maybe, but but in my mind, that's what it is. Portal 2 isn't special at all. It's, it's, it's a good game, but that's it. Yeah, and, like, if the worst parts of Portal 2 were the potatoes huh funny just like uh the cake remember the cake meme we're gonna yeah. do a potato meme now the th- i like the throwback to the cake that they did it was very subtle or not very subtle but it was good yeah. but like when they tried to make the new thing like do the same thing but now potatoes or you know potatoes are cute whatever i i didn't like the potatoes at all <laughs> it, it was like it felt in there to be the new cake almost yeah and, yeah you know whatever they, they, well yeah yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap please it make up. a new game. That's all I want. <laughs> make a new game. I don't care what it is. coming out. <laughs> okay, guys. So, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your viewership. Um, you should check us out on pushtoshout.net if you're listening to us from some other uh, venue like YouTube or you just stumbled in here because you're an idiot. Um, but, <laughs> to, to those of you. To those of you who aren't idiots, um, thanks for watching. No, none of you are idiots. You're all great people, except for the ones of you who aren't. Uh, um, So, yeah, you can follow us on an RSS feed. A link's going to be in that on, like, the pushtoshout.net blog post. Um, I'm working on an article right now for pushtoshout.net, so you can expect that soon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to get that going again. anything else did we miss anything i don't think Not so really. yeah because i i kind of like this live format um that's kind of it's way better to do questions this yeah. way we get more questions they're better questions they're already related to what that we're talking about most of the time so i think this is probably a better way to do it than those emails so uh we'll probably announce when we're gonna stream it next time so that you guys can plan yeah. your days and weeks around us this, this one was <laughs> this one was late uh sorry about that it's it's christmas time i had i had a lot of christmas stuff going on with the family and stuff so i didn't have time to record it on time so sorry it's late but normally we'll probably record if we're doing a live podcast i think we'll probably do it on on monday afternoons so yeah you know around this uh, around this time probably unless unless we have something going on in which case we might push it forward to sunday night or or Mm -hmm. backwards to tuesday or something like that but for the most part expect us on mondays i think yep okay so thanks for tuning in folks that's push the show thank you bye